This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, well, he's just looking for the man who stole a crown. Yes, I made a reference to the fact that Maximus acts like a dog in this, and Jacob, art my good co-host. <laughs> Has dog that, that other was, dog-like tendencies. That was so clever. So, so yes. Welcome, Jacob. Thank you. Ow! Oh, the next person who bats me over the head with a frying pan, they're gonna get. She says she has no idea how that got there. She has no hands. Sure, deal it. Uh, neener, neener, boo, boo. Either way, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a headache for the next week and a half. Thanks. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who uh, Whoa. I just drew a blank. That's terrible. You're gonna make editing this fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Good too. Alright, why thank you? Let me introduce our co-host. A man who Oh my gosh. Why do you have to bring the raccoon into this? No, wait, wrong series. You like we're talking about a series? We're talking about the movie here. You know, he, was... he, he, he brought a frog into the situation. Welcome to him. That's it. There was a raccoon. There was not a raccoon in this movie. I know. I was referring to the series. But there was a monkey. <laughs> there was a monkey. Which at least, wasn't in the at movie least at in all. the end credits. In the end credits, yes. Which made me go. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah, if, if you've seen the series, you know who we're talking about. Yeah, it's a certain big old visionary. Yeah, who is owned by a Madame Con artist. Yes, that's her name. Con artist. Con artist. Yes. So has, yeah, it has nothing to do with uh, Duckburg. <laughs> Sorry, that was Saint Canard. That's Saint Canard. Still, Darkwing Duck did not help out in either of these shows. No, but no. anyway. Yeah, we are doing a rewind back to our first, our second episode of, of uh, Tangled. And we have done so much Tangled on this show You're not uh, it, that uh, I'm feeling like we've gotten Tangled in it ourselves. Just just a little. Just a touch. We, we're only missing one thing from the entire Tangled uh, cinematic universe the here. Short. Yes, the short. We have one short left and we don't have a way to insert it in yet. Yeah. We'll work on it eventually we'll get there when we get hey there. we've even done the cameo appearance yeah in frozen frozen <laughs> frozen which may or may not be canon don't know may or may not anyway yeah. are you are you ready to jump into a spoiler free section yes already <sighs> certified fresh and spoiler free this is my fourth viewing of this film my first viewing was on netflix long time ago before frozen even came out really yes it was on there for uh because of the stars connection back when they had that yeah and i was tired I, I was i couldn't go to sleep it was 10 o'clock at night i thought 
I'll just watch a movie before I go to bed. Maybe that'll, you know, get me into sleepy time. And I, this movie had to be on there. It's like, oh, here's a movie I meant to see. Everyone talks good about this. Yeah. It's supposed to bring Disney back from the semi-dark ages that the mid-2000s kind of mm -hmm. led us in. Kind of, yeah. And I watched it, and I enjoyed it. It's a good film. And then the second time, we were over at friend of the show's uh, uh, Aaron Lowe's place, yes. and we introduced him to the movie. And he loved it. Yes. And then, of course, I had to watch it for our original mm -hmm. review both the roboted version and mm. the one we actually released. Yes. And then of course I had, no, this is fifth because I watched it right before we started tangled the series. We did. So that I mm. could have, you know, continuity mm. before tangles yeah, before yeah. ever after. It's called context for a reason. Exactly. And context is key. So yeah, this is my fifth viewing. It is in my opinion, one of the better, the best Disney princess movie to come out since the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Bear in mind, I have not watched Princess and the Frog. I don't know if how that will affect my rating. We're going to watch that eventually. Eventually. Later this year, actually, yeah, I think. Exactly. It's on the list. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good show. It's a good movie, I mean. It has a good show leading out after it that I suggest people also watch. Highly recommend it. And yeah. And I will go ahead and steal Jacob's Thunder because I know this is one of his favorite movies, period. It is one of them. It is one of them. So this movie I first saw in theaters. So this, this was 2010? 2010, yeah. I think so, yeah. 2010. So I told the story in the first episode. Well, the robot version then retold it again in the yes. in the first the second episode. So at the time, at the time, be like I was part of the uh, college class at my church. Mm -hmm. And so the teacher wanted to throw a big party for her daughter, who was be like loved Disney, loved Disney like most people do. And it was like, oh, this movie Tangled's coming out. It's like, okay. Be like, you know what? I'm going to go and watch this movie. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen a. I think the last movie I saw in theaters was a Disney film, was probably Bolt, I think. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But. So went and saw it, blew my ever living mind. I was like, "Wow, this is a good story. This is an amazing, you know, story, characters, development, growth, the whole enchilada." So obviously, when it came out on Blu-ray and DVD, I bought it, and I probably I've watched it every year, probably twice in one year at least, and I thoroughly love this movie to death. It's one of my favorite Disney. It's it's up there. It's the echelons of Disney films for me. So uh, they're going to be like, you can disagree with me. We can both agree. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you you're wrong because that's just stupid. Uh, but that's my opinion. I love this movie. It's probably one of my favorite Disney films of all time. And yeah, I've watched it probably every year. Every year in some capacity or form with this or this or this uh that one inspired and then i hear about oh they're doing a series and 
be like, and I only catch only like one or two things about it. And I see this one thing from season two. It's like, oh my gosh, I show Will it to Drew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That scene. So, so if you have not seen something, something. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I was, I had it in my head just a second ago. Yeah. But either or, but like, if you have not seen Tangled the series or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure or, um, um, Tangled Before Ever After, which is the movie preceding the TV series. Be like, you have not seen it and you are subscribed to Disney Plus, go watch it. You are doing yourself a disservice in every fashion or form to go watch this show. I am just plugging this because we have done all three seasons on TAS. And it was very good. It was very good. And I would I recommend it to anybody. Um, and there, there are people say that, oh, Frozen's better. No, it's not. I have yet to meet this person who says Frozen is better. I know there's people, there's kids who will, who oh, yeah. love Frozen. Oh, yeah. And no other, nothing else will, right. you know, send it. But those are kids. I get, I get kids being right. like, like I that. I get kids. But, but I have yet to actually meet an adult who has watched both films mm-hmm. and said Frozen was better. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I haven't met him yet. I agree. I agree. Be like, I've, I met one person and it was like, really? Have, have you watched Tangled? It's like, no, I've watched Tangled. So go watch Tangled. And I'd never heard back from them what they thought it was like. Oh, it's good. They didn't tell me if it was better or not. But yeah, for the majority, everybody believes that Tangled is superior to Frozen. Right. In every fashion or form. So yeah, Tangled is probably one of my, there again, the echelons top tier animated films I love to death, including Disney films. Ever since it is a Disney film. It's the movie that brought Disney back from yeah. the uh the and it Disney. was their fiftieth animated yeah, feature. It was. It was their fiftieth. So anyway, you ready yeah. to jump into the spoiler filled section? Yeah, let's talk about the spoiler freeze. Yeah. The following is a spoiler filled review for the movie Tangled. Listener discretion is advised. Tangled was directed by Nathan Greno, Mm -hmm. who also uh, directed the short Super Rhino based off the character from Bolt. So funny. And Byron Howard, who has, who also directed Zootopia Mm -hmm. and Encanto. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was the same guy. Mm. It was written by Dan Fogelman and based a little loosely, on Grimm's fairy tale. A little. By the Brothers Grimm. Mm-hmm. Getting into the cast, we've got Mandy Moore as Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And she played Rebecca Pearson in the television show This Is Us. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard so many good things about that series. I yeah. just never got around to watching it. Zachary Levi as Flynn Rider, a.k.a. Eugene Fitzherbert. And he was Shazam mm-hmm. in Shazam. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's in other things. It's just that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah. Hold on. You watched the the most recent Shazam movie, right? Fury of the Gods? Yeah. Yes, I thought. Yeah. You said that was pretty okay, right? It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it, it's been like most of DC has been. Okay. Gotcha. Moving they, on. I don't really like it when little children say curse words, especially the granddaddy curse word. Uh, and that does happen in the film. So gotcha. bear with me there. Donna Murphy played Mother Gothel. Oh, yeah. And did you know she's in Star Trek? 
I heard about this. She's in a movie. My second hated, most hated Star Trek movie. The one that actually fights for last place with the final frontier. Oh, a certain film. insurrection. Oh, insurrection. No, no, no. I, the, <laughs> it's not a movie that's hanging on my wall. Oh, okay. I have issues with Into Darkness, but it's still in the upper upper half. Okay. Anyway, I know what you're thinking because it's like right there. Yeah. But anyway, and I know I know your dislikes for that film. Yes, but in Star Trek Insurrection, mm-hmm. she played the character Anish, who was Picard's love interest. Love interest from the I planet. That film. And now that I know that that's her, it's like. Oh, I this, this the Baku are not the uh, the nice saintly oh, race you made them out to be. Star Trek. Just oh, saying. Bother. Oh bother. Ron Perlman played the Stabbington brothers, mm-hmm. and he was Hellboy. Yes, in Hellboy, and Hellboy to the Golden Kingdom. Golden Army. Army. Something Whatever. like that. What, the good yeah. Hellboys. Yeah, not the remake. Not the garbage. Yeah, that was not that good. Yes. Let's just say that. It wasn't that good. MC Ganey played the captain of the guard, a.k.a. Cassandra's adopted father. <laughs> and he played Swamp Thing in Con Air. I am guessing that's got to be like a call sign or something. I haven't seen Con Air in years. Because it can't be, you know, DC Swamp Thing. No. Because that would change the context of that movie greatly. Yeah, just just a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, Jeffrey Tambor played Big Nose. Oh, by the way, on the uh, uh, Residents of the the Duckling. Yeah. uh, I did not use the names IMDb gave them. Because they were just descriptive names, like, uh, you know, in this case, Big Nosed Thug. Big Nosed Thug. So instead, I went with the names from Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Oh. Which was Big Nose. Yeah. Because that is his name. They, I got to looking through all these. I was like, y'all just really picked the descriptive term and took off the word thug. And that's what you named mm. these characters. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Vlad. We'll get to him. Uh, but he played Tom Manning in Hellboy. Okay. Brad Garrett. Played Hookhand, mm-hmm. and he played Robert Barone in Everybody Loves Raymond. Hmm. I show I'll watch a little bit, a little bit here and there. Paul F. Tompkins was the voice of Shorty. Mm-hmm. Knife. And he is Dr. Miglimo in Star Trek Lower Decks. The bird. Oh, the bird. Oh. Who always makes food, that's, that's food, right. food references. Yeah. Because you referenced that once, and I was yes. like, "Oh yeah, that's right. because when I was doing it, they first showed up in season two. I go, Shorty, you're back. <laughs> I thought we got rid of you, and yet you kept coming back, like Shorty does. I like Shorty. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but he's fun. still Shorty. Anyway, and Robert Keel played Vlad, the thug who likes to make the little porcelain ponies. The big thug. Yes." He was Jaws in Moonraker. Jaws and Moonraker, the, Bond the James film? Bond film, the the big James Bond villain Jaws. Oh, that's the movie. I, I, that's one of the I haven't seen yet. Uh, it's just he's one of the major villains that came up in the movies. Granted, I got he's you. not one of the good villains. Okay, but he had a he was in a couple of them. Okay, 
Kingdom Hearts Connections. Mm. I will give you a uh, as as I've started doing recently. I will give you a chance to guess how many Kingdom Hearts connections, with the hint that this that the Kingdom Hearts world that this is in is in Kingdom Hearts three, which came out in 2019, aka the same year we started this show. Hmm. Hmm. It would have to be six, I think, six or seven. Ten. Ten. Okay, I was close. Close. We'll start with the most disappointing one. Okay. Mandy Moore. Okay. Because she is in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. She does. She's in, King, she's in Kingdom Hearts 1, mm-hmm. and she voices Aerith. Yeah. Only in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. She never got to, she didn't get to play Rapunzel in Kingdom Hearts 3 mm-hmm. because of scheduling conflicts. Yes. Shame. It happens. Zachary Levi was Flynn Rider in both. Hmm. Donna Murphy played Mother Gothel in both. Hmm. Hinden Walsh was additional voices in Tangled. She played Alice in Kingdom Hearts. And because Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is a Kingdom Hearts game, this was the only connection I could find this week. She was Freedy in that game. For who? In the uh, Kid Icarus space stages, mm. when they, there's this character who's like the goddess of nature that shows up from time to time, including destroying an entire stage in the middle of, of a fight. But we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. And her name is Veridi. Veridi. Okay. Suzanne Blakesley was additional voices here, though I suspect she played Old Lady Crowley, even though I don't remember seeing Old Lady Crowley in any shots. No. But pretty much she was there. Mm-hmm. And if you remember from Kingdom Heart, from, from our all our times, mm-hmm. and uh, when, when I brought this up during Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, mm-hmm. I mentioned that she has a tendency to play villains. Yes. After the original actresses had to step down from their roles because mm-hmm. of age. Mm-hmm. She in Kingdom Hearts plays Maleficent, Lady Tremaine, and the Queen. Powerhouses say that. And just for fun, the Twilight Town computer that sucks Sora and Gang into the Tron world. Ah. <laughs> Just as a random other little connection there. Barbara Dickerson. In Kingdom Hearts, she plays both Flora and the Fairy Godmother. Mm -hmm. However, this is the first time I've run across this particular credit for a movie that I've been able to use. Mm -hmm. She was given special thanks at the end of the credits. Hmm. I mean that happens all the time. You it see does. special thanks, but it's like this—that was the first time that that had been the connection. Yeah, like the special thanks. Weird. Cool. Agreed. Kari Walgren was additional voices in here, and she played the grid in Kingdom Hearts. That would be specifically the the uh, Tron world from Tron Legacy. Okay. Staying with the Tron Legacy connection, our Tron Legacy world connection, mm-hmm. Fred Tadasior. 
who was additional voices in Tangled, and if you remember, also played Shax in Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. So you remember who the character, yes, the actor is. Shax. He also voiced Kevin Flynn and Clue in Kingdom Hearts huh. in the Tron Legacy world. Interesting. I have to be specific because it's actually two different worlds, even between the, the one in Kingdom, the regular Tron world and the Tron Legacy world. They're not meant to be the same computer. Really? Okay. Yes, they separated. It, it was actually, it was very smart how they handled it. Okay. Last but not least, due to the Kingdom Hearts 3 using some archival audio, Delaney mm -hmm. Rose Stein got to reprise her role in Kingdom Hearts from uh, from Tangled as young Rapunzel. Hmm. Okay. That is 10. Ah. Connections. Nice. And only two of them were direct uh, reprisals of roles. Okay. So, yeah. That's what I got for cast and Kingdom Hearts Connections. What do we got in info and stuff? Quite a bit, actually. So, IMDb is a 7.7 7 out of 10. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. You can subscribe to Disney+. Plus. It was produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Mm -hmm. Release date. All right, so kind of like we kind of started doing, be like, where was this movie first shown? So where was the Disney's Tangled first shown? It was here in the States. You just stole my joke because I was going to say Germany. <laughs> I mean, her, that's where her name comes from, is yes. Germany. But yes. Anyway, no. Uh, where was it first shown here? Yeah. It uh, was in California. It was in California? It was in California. Well, that leaves out Sundance because that's in Wyoming mm -hmm. uh, and, and Toronto International Film Festival. What else is in? I'm going to guess it was at Walt Disney, not Walt Disneyland, Disneyland at mm -hmm. or at what was what used to be called Grauman's Chinese Theater. Nope. Because it's got a different uh, owner now. And it's no longer Grauman's. Mm. Nope. It was actually first viewed at the El Capitan Theater. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So there's been a lot there's a lot of stuff shown there. Agreed. I think um, the El Capitan might actually be Disney owned, but I could be wrong there. I was trying to look into it, but I couldn't find it as fast as I wanted to, but darn. So uh November November 14, 2010, it was shown at the El Capitan Theater and then nationwide on November 24th a whole 10 days later. Box office had an estimated budget of $260 million. Its opening weekend for the United States Canada was $48.7 million. Now, granted, you know, taking how people, they would have called this movie a flop in 2010 because it didn't do well. It'd be like, is it okay? And it's opening weekend because they're always be like, the movie's going to stink because they didn't make $20 billion in the first weekend. But nuance. Um, it's U.S. gross uh, gross in the United States of Canada was $200.8 million. It's world, yeah, worldwide gross was $592.4 million. It made his money back. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. Uh, so, home release. Dis uh, Disney Tangles released by Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment as 
a four disc combo pack on March 19, 2011. The combo pack included a Blu-ray 3D. Remember when those were a thing, people? Uh, standard Blu-ray DVD and digital copy. I think I own one of the. I own mm-hmm. one of those. I don't own the four pack. Uh, the two pack. I own the two pack. I know that that comes with the digital. Uh, two pack, uh, two disc DVD Blu-ray combo pack, and a single DVD also available. Uh, but features on the Blu-rays included deleted scenes, two alternate opening opening sequences, two extended songs, inside look, and how the film was made. The DVD included two original storyboard openings and the 50th anniversary countdown. Sales for Disney Tangled in the United States and Canada exceeded $95 million on on uh, DVD and Blu-ray sales, the highest gross on um, DVDs of the year 2011. Its home video sales exceeded the film's earning in its first week in theaters. The film sold a record 2.9 million units in the first week in, in North America, the largest opening in 2011 for DVDs, it's domestic, domestic, uh, domestic two weeks on DVD, and this is a bunch of numbers that be like you may be interested, you may not, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, this this movie did extremely well when it came to its home release. So let's pull a little ahead as of June, January 2nd, 2016, the film has earned. A total of two hundred and fifteen million dollars in home video releases in the United States and Canada. That's one hundred and fifty-five million dollars in DVD sales and sixty million dollars from Blu-ray sales. Tango was released on Ultra HD Blu-ray on November fifth, two thousand nineteen. Sequels. There actually was a sequel in. Not not in process. A direct sequel. A direct sequel. Not not the not the uh, the stuff we got. Yeah, but a direct sequel was. They were planning it, but let's get into that little house. All right. So on November, December, two thousand fifteen, Tangle's producer Ron Coral uh, revealed that the production team had been heavily pushed for a full length sequel to the film, but the writers and directors got together to develop one to develop one. They realized she cut her hair. It's over. Quilton explained the Disney animated animated Disney animated under Lassinger. It was always filmmakers who decided whether they, they were ready to make a sequel, not marketing or merchandising on June 15th. The again uh, provided a similar Similar example when pushed on the point and also mentioned uh, directors Ginro and Howard. I remember Smith's name, but so I apologize. Uh, ultimately, weren't really interested in continuing the story. In May 2020. Hannah Shaw Williams, a screen rant, asked whether to suggest the movie would lead to a sequel Apart from the short Tangled Before or After, stating there is no word of it being actual development. Note that Disney is still is developing a live action movie from Rapunzel. 
it, it states that it would take several years for a possible movie to reach theaters. So what we got was was Tangled Before Ever After, a TV series set uh, between the feature film and the short Tangled before Tangled Ever After, which aired on March 10th, 2017, so as an introduction to a continuing TV series as Tangled the Series, later re, um, retitled Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, that started airing on Disney Channel on March 24th, 2017. It ran for three seasons and 60 episodes until until 2020 now referring back to tangled before ever uh ever after the short a short a short sequel released in 2012 uh the plot uh the plot revolves around the wedding between rapunzel and eugene pascal and max uh maximus lose the ring and chase after them causing massive collateral damage along the way so if you haven't seen the short go watch it it's funny I did go ahead and watch that after we finished mm-hmm. Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Yeah, and it's somewhat alluded to in the series. So if you're fans of the series, you know what we're talking about. Or you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all I have for an info stuff. Okay, to answer your question about uh, the El Capitan Theater, because you yeah. said you tried to look some stuff up. Mm-hmm. It is a fully restored movie palace at 6838 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. The theater is actually owned by the Walt Disney Company and serves as the venue for a majority of the Walt Disney Studios film premieres. So, there you go. There we go. Now you know the rest of the story. Mostly. Mostly. Anyway, let's get into the summary for this. Long ago, a drop of magical sunlight fell from the sky and spouted a flower with healing powers. Whether or not a moon moon also dropped a light is another matter entirely. An old woman, Mother Gothel, who may or may not have been working for Zantiri, hid the flower and used it to stay young for centuries. But one day, soldiers from the nearby kingdom of Corona, who was never actually named, the kingdom was never actually named in this movie, took it to save their pregnant and ill queen, who gave birth to a daughter with golden hair. One night, Gothel snuck into the castle and discovered that while the baby's hair shines, the healing flower's magic. It turns brown and becomes powerless when cut. To keep the flower's magic, she kidnaps the girl, named Rapunzel, and now raises her in a hidden tower in the woods, using her hair to stay young. Mm -hmm. Each year on their daughter's birthday, the king and queen release sky lanterns in hopes that they will guide her home. Rapunzel is fascinated by the annual lights and on the eve of her 18th birthday, asks for permission to attend the release as a birthday gift. Gothel Gothel refuses, saying the outside world is too dangerous for her. Later, handsome thief Flynn Ryder steals Rapunzel's intended crown from the palace and abandons his partners, the Stabbington brothers, while being relentlessly pursued by royal guardsman's horse named Maximus. He takes refuge in the tower. Rapunzel knocks him out with a frying pan and hides him in a closet. However, when she attempts to show him to Gothel as proof that she is capable of leaving, Gothel angrily berates Rapunzel and again refuses to let her leave the tower, hatching a plan Rapunzel sends Gothel on a three-day journey to get her new paints as a substitute gift. Rapunzel hides the crown and tells Flynn he can only get it back by taking her to see the lights. He agrees, and the two set off. Along the way, they stop at the Snuggly Duckling pub, where menacing thugs try to capture the wanted Flynn. But Rapunzel charms them into revealing their softer sides. The royal guards arrive, the thugs help her, and Flynn escape. Meanwhile, Gothel becomes suspicious. 
returns to her, the now empty tower and finds the crown. She sets out to find Rapunzel and allies with the Stabbington brothers. Sorry, and allies with the Stabbington brothers. Hmm. Flynn and Rapunzel become trapped in a fast flooding cave, believing they will die. Flynn reveals his true name, Eugene Fitzherbert, and Rapunzel reveals her magic powers. Her glowing hair sh shows a hidden exit beneath the water, and they escape and hide in the woods. That night, Gothel catches up to Rapunzel while Eugene is away, gives her the crown, and tells her to test Eugene's loyalty. The next morning, Maximus tracks down Eugene. Rapunzel demands a birthday truce, and Maximus reluctantly agrees. Joining them as they enter the kingdom and attend a festival in honor of the Lost Princess, after a day of celebration, they sail onto the lake to watch the release of the lanterns. Having fulfilled her dream, Rapunzel gives Eugene the, the crown, and they confess their love. When Eugene sees the Stabbington brothers on the shore, though, he goes to apologize and offers them the crown, and they abduct him tying him to a ship and then and with the crown as the royal guards will arrest him and Rapunzel will think he abandoned her. They try to capture Rapunzel, but Gothel stages a rescue and urges Rapunzel back to the tower. Heartbroken and feeling betrayed, Rapunzel agrees to go. Eugene escapes with the help of Maximus and the pub thugs. Meanwhile, Rapunzel realizes she has subconsciously incorporated the kingdom standard, a golden sun, into her artwork all her life, finally understanding that she is the lost princess. She confronts Gothel. Eugene arrives at the tower and calls to Rapunzel. Her hair is lowered to him, but upon climbing up, he finds her bound and gagged, and Gothel fatally stabs him from behind. She tries to drag Rapunzel to a new hiding place. Rapunzel first vows to fight her, then offers to go willingly if Gothel will allow her to heal Eugene. Gothel reluctantly agrees, but Eugene, realizing Rapunzel would spend the rest of her life in captivity, cuts all her hair before she can heal him. Gothel begins to age rapidly and turns to dust as she falls from the tower, where in the Kingdom Hearts 3, she then turns into a heartless that we have to kill. Mm. Rapunzel mourns her lost love, and one of her tears, still having some of the sun's power, brings him back to life. Eugene reunites Rapunzel with her royal parents, is fully pardoned for his crimes, and he and Rapunzel are married as the kingdom celebrates. Meanwhile, Rapunzel starts testing out a new handmaiden named Cassandra. Yeah. <laughs> I may have added a couple of just points a, just a little <laughs> that were not actually in the movie, but technically happened. That is true. So like, I have a question for you really fast because I know, I don't know if we touched it on the first episode or the re re-recorded episode. Mm -hmm. So you see in the very, very end of the film where Gothel is now her, she no longer has Rapunzel's power. Yeah, and she's rapidly de-aging. Mm -hmm. Does the fall kill her, or is she just dust by the end of it? Yes. Okay. So, the, so just so here's the thing: she was already dying from advanced age. Yes, especially as it's being forced on her at a very quick pace, mm -hmm. and. She also hits the ground and, as far as we can tell, immediately dissipates into dust. That is true. So I I believe mm -hmm. that the moment of her death, mm -hmm. or since this is a Disney film, the moment of her destruction <laughs> uh, happens... But with both things hitting her at the same time, she her body would finally give out from all the magical stress that's been put under mm -hmm. from the rapid de-aging. Plus, she falls on the ground, and that would have to break all kinds of bones, 
when that occurs and then she continually deteriorated into the dust that she should have uh have already you know become by that point in, yeah. in time yeah i just i just love to be like to kind of quote uh you of course like i said in kingdom hearts she the dust then reforms into a heartless that you then yeah. have to kill and to a kind of, giant tree heartless mm -hmm. so to kind of paraphrase eugene be like yeah the frog did it <laughs> the frog tripped her <laughs> chameleon nuance Anyway, trivia for this episode. Speaking of frogs, <laughs> Disney's previous animated feature, The Princess and the Frog, despite being popular with critics and audiences alike, was a box office disappointment. Disney felt that the film's princess themes discouraged young boys from seeing it. In an attempt to market the film to a broader audience, Disney changed the title of the film from Rapunzel to Tangled and promoted it as a comedic adventure. An early trailer for the film focused less on Princess Rapunzel and more on Flynn Rider, the male lead character. It was originally believed that Disney's marketing campaign was a desperate attempt to search for a particular audience. However, directors Byron Howard and Nathan Greeno claimed that the title change was to emphasize that Flynn had as much of a role in the film as Rapunzel. True. There are over 45,000 lanterns mm -hmm. used during the i see the light sequence mm -hmm. this is the first animated disney princess film to get a pg rating by the motion picture association of america mm -hmm. the previous disney princess films up to that point were all rated g mm -hmm. and if i have to make a guess as to why this specifies first animated disney princess film is because technically enchanted Mm -hmm. counts as a disney princess film it but does. it is mostly not animated it's primarily live action, and i believe it is actually pg mm -hmm. and she was actually going to be a disney princess toy for a while but i don't think that ended up actually happening huh. giselle was anyway this is the most expensive disney film in the animated canon at a cost of 260 million US dollars. Yeah. Zachary Levi auditioned for the part of Flynn Rider and got it with trying to use an English accent. I'd see that. Later, this was dropped and Levi read the role in his own American accent instead. Hmm. Whenever Mother Gothel expresses her quote unquote love to Rapunzel, mm -hmm. it is always to her hair and not directly to Rapunzel. She kisses Rapunzel on the head and touches her hair whenever expressing love. Mm -hmm. She also calls her My Little Flower in reference to the original Sunflower. By contrast, whenever Flynn is being affectionate to Rapunzel, he always brushes her hair away so he can see her face better. Mm -hmm. In the opening scenes, you see baby Rapunzel in her cradle staring up at a baby mobile. In a bit of foreshadowing, several items are seen hanging from the mobile, Come, come into play later in the story, namely a chameleon, her pet Pascal, mm -hmm. a rubber ducky, the snuggly duckling that Flynn takes her to, mm -hmm. a Cupid, that would be Shorty. Sure. A horse, Maximus, Maximus. and a bluebird showing her, representing her freedom as she leaves the tower. Or it wasn't one of the birds she turned into in Tangled the Series Season 2. We're going to say that didn't happen. In this instance, it could be actually now that you it say could it. Be. In that case, there should be a monkey <laughs> and moon and hair girl 
Yes. Yes, there should be a blue. There should be a, a strand of blue hair. Yes, because technically, there's two of them in, this, in that series. Indeed. Yes, the descending lantern that Rapunzel lifted back skyward was the one her parents, the king and queen, launched mm-hmm. from the palace veranda. Veranda. It was the only one with the royal symbol of the sun on it. Mm-hmm. Rapunzel, after she has her short brown locks, and Flynn can both be seen in. Frozen in in 2013 mm-hmm. as part of the crowd when the palace gates open for Princess Elsa's coronation. Yes. In the beginning of the movie, the inside of Rapunzel's tower is bright and full of color. After she returns from seeing the lanterns, it is dull and darkly colored to symbolize she no longer sees the tower as amazing. I'm sure mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the depression of losing the love of her life mm-hmm. or believing she had and now knowing she's going to be trapped with what has to be the most lying woman on the face of the planet that yeah. she's already no longer wants to spend her time around. A, a stink, in a way. Yes. Notice at the end that the king is aged, but the queen has not. Hmm. Most likely due to drinking a liquid version of the flower. That's true. In the original Grim fairy tale, Flynn Rider was actually a prince, and Rapunzel wasn't a princess, but born a peasant. Mm. Before her birth, her mother saw some rampion type of flower. I no, it was sort of the oh, what was it's it? a plant of some kind. Yeah, it's a plant which she uh, uh, ramp- the, yeah. the mother wanted, and the yeah, husband went she, over. Right, it's growing in Dame Gothel's garden, mm-hmm. and she craved it longingly. Rapunzel's father stole the rampion. The first time successfully, but during the second time he got caught, in exchange he had to give up his first child. When Rapunzel was born, the witch appeared, took the child away, and named her after the Rampion her mother had craved for. Because Rapunzel's name actually does mean uh, cabbage. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know. It sounds like it's from Dragon Ball. <laughs> that would be cabbage. That'd be cabbage. Actually, I think <laughs> one of the Saiyans in like one, the other world one of the other dimensions mm-hmm. name is based on the word cabbage and i don't remember what the name actually oh, is oh that's hilarious that is absolutely exactly awesome. anyway Salad. after 12 years gotha locked rapunzel in a tower and was the only visitor for some years until a prince came by in the grim story rapunzel falls for the prince who visits her frequently leading her to become pregnant mm-hmm. gotha finds out cuts rapunzel's hair and banishes her to a desert where she gives birth to twins the prince arrives at the tower only to learn that the witch is there. In his grief, he lets go of the hair and falls into thorns, becoming blind. He wanders through the desert, gets reunited with Rapunzel, whose tears restore his sight, and they live happily ever after. Yeah. This is definitely a grim Grimm's fairy tale. Very, very grimmy. Uh, also, Not grimmest, but grimmy. During the end credits for this film, oh yeah, I got to bring talked, this up. We talked about this. I got to bring this up. Yep, there is a uh, sketch from a deleted scene mm-hmm. that made it into the end credits. Mm-hmm. It features Flynn or Eugene and Rapunzel uh, talking to a monkey who is a, obviously a uh, fortune, fortune teller of some yes. kind. And this, but this does not, of course, appear in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a deleted scene. However, in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, in se- starting in season two mm-hmm. and appearing in 
no less than three episodes, this character actually returns and actually has a very major role in the story. Now, now, when when you're starting the series, we like it's like oh, it's Vigo. Oh, he's just a monkey. That's Vigo the visionary. This is just going to be the comedic episode. Oh yeah. And there's a little bit of a hint that there might be something more, yeah, considering how any time at the end of every both the first two episodes mm-hmm. he shows up in, he always ends the episode looking very serious and straight Con- into into Flynn's eye, uh, into Eugene's eyes mm-hmm. and going you better take it's almost like he's saying you better take care of this young girl she is the key to everything (laughs) and then he goes back to being a monkey yeah and i remember when we were watching these episodes ago really we coming up on another vigo episode Mm -hmm. i hate this stupid monkey he's so dumb i don't know why they keep bringing him back and then we get to season three and we get to the vigo episode and it's like by the way Spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Three, two, one. He is actually the great wizard Dantiri. Am I remembering the name right? Uh, it's not Zantiri. Oh, Zan- not Zantiri, because he's that's the villain. Yeah. Uh, it's uh Demanitus. Demanicus, yeah. Yeah, Demanitus. He's actually Demanitus who got his who stuffed his uh who at, when he was dying somehow got his mind into the into the body of a monkey, mm-hmm. traded brains with it somehow, and that's how he has survived all these years without being caught by Zantiri's, which was the main villain of the show, mm-hmm. his evil clutches, which, you know, technically Mother Gothel worked for Zantiri. Yeah. Even though we never got to see him. Even though we never got to see exactly how that actually worked. Yeah. But yeah, Donna Murphy comes back for those episodes, mm-hmm. especially oh one particular one where it's like, you know, I was willing to think maybe she was just greedy and the greed had overtaken her, and maybe I could have forgiven her. Nope! <laughs> nope! Not after what I saw that she did to her actual daughter. daughter! And that's as far as I'm going to spoil, because there's some things I shouldn't spoil. Despite the fact I kind of guessed at the minute you showed me this character existed. Yes, I did. But that's all and, beside the points. And, and your your notes kind of spoiled it for you. Yeah. Which I, I was so sad. I, was, I, li- no. I like this. Deus ex machina yeah. via monkey. That, yeah. would, that would be deus ex monkey. <laughs> deus ex monkey. Exactly. Anyway. Awesome. So, yeah. That is my trivia for Tangled. And a little extra. You got a little extra because this is technically part of an entire franchise. I will say that the fact, I know they could not have done anything because the short that appears after uh, Rapunzel's Second Adventure, which came out on the Blu-ray or in the DVD of the movie, I know it it was made before the show, so there's not really a way the short could reference any of the previous history in the show. But I am still kind of disappointed that it was like, oh, yeah, all after all this drama and serious storytelling, mm-hmm. it's now, and here's a uh, Looney Tunes short starring a horse and a chameleon. <laughs> Have fun. Yes. It's like, that's not the way I was expecting this to end. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. So, yeah. What is your first like for this film, my friend? My first like of this film is the story. The storytelling is amazing. Be like you have Rapunzel who is kidnapped as a young child 
and a woman who is a this is a family friendly show. Uh, you could actually make the claim that she is a witch. She is a witch. If you go to the series, she's a witch. Oh, she's a witch even in this. That is true. That is so true. But like even in early storyboard development, they were planning to make her a witch. Like actual spell casting the whole bit, but they dropped it, which I was thinking like, I wish they would have done that because that would have made the show even better. But uh, you have Mother Gothel, who is the, oh my gosh, probably, I'll get that in my second like in a minute. But uh, you have, you know, Poor Rapunzel, who is locked in a tower, doesn't know any better. She thinks Gothel is her mother mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't know of her true origin. And 18 years later, it'd be like just this amazing story of this adventure and discovery of who you are. Be like what, what, you, what your past truly is and how depraved and just evil the woman who has raised you your entire life. Who has been, you know, gaslighting you and just, you know, dragging you down because she is so obsessed with her youth and more immortality that she's using you. And it's just this beautiful um, sequence of events where it's like this, the revelation of what's going on, you know, comes comes into play. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes in my second like. But the storytelling is so well done. Like you have Eugene or a writer who shows up, comes in, is the catalyst to allow Rapunzel to leave the tower to go see the lanterns. And just this grand adventure of these two people who are basically using each other to for their own means. And they wind up falling in love. And then it's just like all these different story, new stories telling or um cascading into the ultimate mm-hmm. uh, conclusion to this movie. And it's so brilliantly well done story-wise. And it's just like, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about the story in this movie. It's so well done. It's executed almost to perfection. I'll, I'll be like, the story-wise is done excellently. excellently. And there's, uh, story-wise, no flaws. I, I don't think. I could be wrong. I have one thing I would change just from the approach of the movie, but I will get to that. Okay. All right. So, like, story-wise, amazing. This is just ballpark. Knock it out. And there again, that's why people, most most people, the majority of people, the, the very minor majority will say the latter, that everybody else says Tangled is far superior to Frozen because of its storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my first, like, the storytelling. <sighs> I'm going to kind of jump off that because for the most part, um, I'm going to say the writing Mm -hmm. is my first like, Mm -hmm. because if you take out the introduction, Mm -hmm. as in the backstory of who Mother Gothel is Mm -hmm. uh, and the story with Rapunzel and all that, if you had left all that on the table. Yeah. I'm kind of alluding to how my first dislike is going to be later on. Ah. Um, If you just started with we're at the tower and Rapunzel is playing hide and seek with Pascal. If we'd mm-hmm. started there, yes. The entire mystery of who she is, who mother Gothel is mm-hmm. and what's actually going on is actually told very well. If you ha- are still a young child mm-hmm. and, uh, you, it gives you that, that great moment when, she finally realizes that if you were a kid and you 
and and you didn't already have that intro mm-hmm. uh that would be a great revelation to you as a kiss like oh yeah she is the lost princess that's that's cool i didn't see that coming it's that yeah, kind I, of a I would, I would it would have been that. that kind of a great twist yeah and what's great about that is is while it's you've got it's written on that level for the adults in the room mm-hmm. who already know the story of rapunzel mm-hmm, already have watched enough disney movies to be able to spot a villain from a mile away probably one of the best villains of disney i, I didn't say she wasn't mm-hmm. but you can spot her a mile away yeah. it doesn't matter that she she's evil she's a, she's the kind of evil villain we like yes um she, you can understand her motives and yet she's also evil for evil's sake yeah for self-motivation yes it's she's it's a fun, gratification she's fun and yet she's the hero of her own story too so yeah. you can you don't feel sorry for her but you understand her motivations yeah and as a kid just i can see it's like oh yeah her mother's weird but i mean that happens surely they're not the villain and then throughout the whole film you see the it's the mother going from being acting like she's caring yeah slowly showing her dark evil villainous mm-hmm. side yeah and plus since we're adults and we know all this stuff and she gets to say the line that definitely tells you she's the bad guy because mm-hmm. she says so it herself it, yeah okay fine now I'm, I'm, I'm the, the bad, bad guy. guy it's like yeah that's a great line and of course we're all getting it's like yeah you're the bad guy and but it it's told in such a way where it's like if, if you somehow miss the beginning of the of the movie mm-hmm. you have this great little mystery of who's rapunzel what are the lights that, that we see every year what happened to always show up on her birthday it's a mystery we have a great yeah. there was a great mystery there and we'll get to why i am annoyed by the opening later but i think you can kind of guess i i told i i understand why yeah and I like that it's there and it's written on levels where it's like, if you know, know what's going to happen, you still get a good movie out of it. Yeah. Cause it's fun to watch it unfold. Yeah. Cause as an audience, we know what's going on. Right. And we see our character growing and developing and, and, and we, she discovers. And if you missed the beginning, you're right there with Rapunzel going, what's going on? What's all the thing. And so when she, Hey, when she puts the crown on at the beginning of the film, you go, that fits her just a little too good. Yeah. And then you get to her revelation at the end, and I can just see, I could just see little kids going like, it would have been like sitting in the movie theater when Empire Strikes Back came out, and you get, no, I am your father. That kind of revelation. No, it can't be true. Except better. <laughs> yeah. Because or- <laughs> it's a because it's a happy feeling. Like, She's the lost princess. Yeah. Mother Gothel is evil because she kidnapped her and forced her to live in this tower for years. It would be that kind of because it that moment is an amazing job of showing here's how good her person Rapunzel is. Here's how good a person Eugene Eugene Fitzherbert is. I know you said Eugene Ryder. I guess that's technically accurate too. And shows you how evil Mother Gothel is in a split second if you somehow hadn't kept up. Mm-hmm. It's um I love the how the writing is set up through that whole yeah. sequence. I just wish well, we'll get to that yeah. in the dislikes. Right. What's your second like? My second like is kind of a two for I'd be like there's there's so much in the movie I love. 
there again, I, I love this series. If you haven't noticed, if you've listened to our podcast and watched this for a long time, I love this movie. No, really? Yeah. You know, this is also one who recommended Tingle the series. So, yeah. Which is the entire reason the animated series got started off because exactly. you needed a good excuse to watch that series. Exactly. Exactly. So, my second like uh, would be our main antagonist of Mother Gothel, who is a Dijon Frise. <laughs> Which is a nice little clever word I like to use. She's a super, not super freak. She's not really a freak. No. Anyway. Anyways, so Mother Gothel as a villain is, in my book, probably the top tier villains of Disney, period. I mean, like We could probably sit there and argue about it, but the way Gothel does everything mm-hmm. is this manipulating narcissist who gets her way the entire time until the big revelation later. So you have this character who is gaslighting her quote-unquote daughter. If you go to the series... Spoiler alert, she's not any better with her actual daughter. Oh oh my gosh, yes. So just a spoiler, be like you've never... We're going to have a hard time reviewing this movie and not not bringing up the series. Yes. So there again, be like there's... The there's a point in season the very beginning of season three of Tangled the series Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. I know we're supposed to be reviewing Tangled, but you can't talk about Rapunzel Tangled without talking about the series. Mm-hmm. So we get this big revelation that uh Cassandra is Mother Gothel's daughter, and then you get this flashback of uh Cassandra. She's in uh in the room in this I can't remember the the, the but either or be like this great scene where she sees herself as a younger version of herself and the revelation. Oh, my mother's Gothel and this beautiful no. re, 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 uh, re, uh, a revised version of Cassandra's song waiting in the wings. And I saw the first time I, I, I was choking up. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's where that came from. But nuance just tells you how evil this character is. she, she abandons her own daughter, her own flesh and blood, to go after something she she uses as a tool. Because Rapunzel, she doesn't love Rapunzel. She loves Rapunzel for her hair, her ability, for the, the power in which it gives Gothel to transform, to able to sustain her youth. And like that, that is just like mind blowing. The the fact of the character. A villain would do that because, like, it's like, yeah, they have like selfish ambitions, or but like, oh, I want to be king. It's like, no, I'm going to enslave somebody for my own benefit because I'm afraid to not, I, I be, am afraid not be young the, and pretty. Yeah, exactly. She. I don't she, think she cared if she died or not. No, she, she just didn't want to be old and ugly. Yeah, it's kind of like Lord Voldemort from Harry, Harry Potter. Lord Voldemort. He Voldemort, was scared of dying. He was scared to death. He was scared to death. But. um so yeah, you, you have this amazing, terrible character, and then you have, on the same same coin, you have Rapunzel. Rapunzel, innocent, wonderful, adventure-loving young girl who is turns 18 years old, wants to go see the world, and then you get this big revelation, something, all these little clues pointing out to what's really happening behind the scenes. Obviously, as the audience, we know it. But we see her revelation, and the, this scene ties in with Mother Gothel. Mm-hmm. Is you get Rapunzel's revelation, yes, and where she is like Drew said earlier 
of where Rapunzel's feeling defeated. She's depressed. She's lost the love of her life. And she's sitting back in her bed, be like her mother's making it all better, but she's still depressed. Looks up at the, the what do you call that? Not the banner, but the, um, the ceiling. The ceiling and, you know, the flower and that big, that amazing scene, that 360 shot. Mm -hmm. of, like everything coming together. And it's just like breathtaking. It's, oh my gosh, this movie went to another level in storytelling and how you reveal something to a character. And it's just mind shattering storytelling again, storytelling. And then you have amazing villains with amazing, um, um, protagonist revelation of their life. And it's just so well done. Oh my gosh. And yeah, Mother Gothel is the worst kind of character. I mean, like if I was writing a character, it's like template Gothel, because that's just good, good storytelling. And be like any good writer would be like, yeah, I, I might want to borrow some of that template there. But that's so good. That's my number two. It's it's kind of a it's a two parter, but at the same time, it kind of just fits nice, snug, and yeah, love it, love it. What's your number two? My number two are the thugs at the Snuggly Duckling. Oh my gosh, yes. Because here's the thing. They're side characters. They are side characters. We shouldn't give a flying banana about them after we if we get out of that scene. But we do. But yet they're they are so important characters mm -hmm. and so wealth remembered characters mm -hmm. that they write them into the series for almost no good reason. Yeah. In reality. And yet it's like I Shorty has to be there. Granted, they couldn't get Brad Garrett for a lot of it, so they had to have somebody... Not Brad Garrett. Who mm. played Hook Hand? What was Brad Garrett who played Hook Hand? Yeah, Brad Garrett. Yeah. They couldn't get Brad Garrett to come back for the show except for one episode, so they gave him another... He gave him a brother named Hookfoot. Genius. And... The, these characters were breakout characters. They they should not have been popular. Agreed. They're really not. They they are definitely the original characters created for this. They're funny. Yes. They bring a. They they turn a scene that we expect to be like, okay, this is about to go dark. This is about to go ugly. They're going to mm. scare her into going back to the tower. There's no way this is going to turn out well. I've got a dream. I've got a dream. I don't remember how any of the verses go. It seems apparently, but I mean, yeah, I, it's I like. Agree. I was like, oh, Rapunzel is just the kind of person who can turn like any of these situations around just because of who she is. And the fact that she's been stuck in a tower only visited by one person and a chameleon. Mm -hmm. And she's able to interact with people. Be like, I've never seen me. Like, and here's the weird thing about that. I want to yeah. point this out. This okay. is not my, part of my life, but I, I noted this. Until Gothel's plans. Mm-hmm are put at risk by her leaving the tower. Yeah. Gothel, despite still being evil, mm -hmm. is at least friendly. Oh, yeah, she's friendly. She's actually, she's not a good mother, don't get me wrong, but she's enough of being around uh, Rapunzel has kind of just softened her for most of those early scenes until she suddenly realizes, oh, crap, I'm about to lose everything. Yeah. By by her go by, by this going on, we can't. I can't let that happen. Yeah, I just like that. I find that important because I bear in mind. I am also looking. I am looking at this from the point of view of 
this being connected to Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Of course, you can't. You can't. Because well, we've seen it. We have to include yeah. this in our thoughts. It, it interweaves with everything. And Mother Gothel in that movie in that show, when mm-hmm. she does show up, mm-hmm. she is one of the three generals that serves directly under the evil mastermind. Mm-hmm. And yet, unlike the other two that we meet that are so purely evil that we hate them from the moment they show up till the moment they go away. They're just villainous villain characters for a bit in the movie. Mother Gothel is actually likable. Yeah. In some sense, you know, in a way she don't like what she's doing, but at the same time, I kind of, if if you didn't know about what she did, Mm -hmm. This is part of the reason why I don't like this introduction to the mo- this movie. If you Fair. didn't know who she is, you would actually feel sorry for her for having a daughter that is giving her such a hard time mm-hmm. that she is doing her best to raise. Mm-hmm. And I have to believe some of that is that that to some degree being around Rapunzel for 18 years mm-hmm. may have softened her from the hardened general under Zantiri yeah. to being not a good mother per se, yeah. give it some more time maybe. Little, and she could have gotten nicer about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe even maybe. had to, you know, maybe search for forgiveness if it had been later on. Uh, granted, that's not good for the story, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I it felt like she was around Rapunzel so much that not even she was immune to her likability. Mm. I, that's I, how strong a character Rapunzel's likability is. I the thugs had no chance. Yeah, exactly. If if you can soften Mother Gothel, the thugs had no chance yes. to be to, to stay angry at her. So I, I agree with your point, but I disagree with it at the same time. That's fair. Because you have... I, I am I am looking at this from a creative point of view if I yeah. was in charge of it. Mm-hmm. I don't n- know if you... Obviously, from a story writing point of view, you don't want Mother Gothel to be repentant in yeah. this. You want her to be... She's right at the right levels of likability and you're evil. I hate you. Yeah. She's right there where at that equilibrium where she needs to be. But in my mind, it's like she was around Rapunzel so much that her evilness ebbed. Okay, I, I, again, I, I totally see that, but I, that's what, my point anyway. Yeah, I agree, I agree, and I, I want to rebound off that a little bit because you have, like, yeah, she is likable in a lot of ways. She's a very likable character, but also that's also a really good sign of a narcissist. <laughs> like, nurses can be really nice, can be really be like, be like, oh, this and this and this, but they're really about themselves. They're really, really about themselves, and. It's it's about number one, my goals, my objections, and I'm going to do anything in my power to do the thing I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's include. I mean, like, yeah, she might have been softened, might have been softened a little bit. I, I I can see your point there. I do see it. I just see more the the narcissism and the manipulation because it's this it's about self with this character, right? And yeah, again, she is a nice character. When she wants to be. I don't think we ever got enough chance to see her pre, oh crap, everything's about to hit the fan. Mm. Granted, that intro. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get that. I'm leading. I I, I keep teasing this intro problem. I I agree with you there. Because I may have a Rant Master thing coming up. On this? Yeah. You know Monster on Film Vault. You know what I'm referring to. Because, well, I, I feel like the, 
I'll get there. I will get there. Okay. It's just we'll get there when we get there. It's just I'm, I I kind of like looking at this from if that introduction did not exist and yeah. all we got was Rapunzel's living at a tower mm-hmm. and she's got a mother who comes and visits her mm-hmm. and there's far as we know there is nothing special about this girl other than she's got hair that glows yeah if we're approaching it simply from that introduction there seems to be from the beginning salvation for gothel okay fair but granted knowing her past we know there probably isn't right but i like the idea is like this is more than just a narcissist to a two-dimensional narcissist character there's a she is a three-dimensional character even under even with the introduction oh yeah and i appreciate that about her and that's why I, i was saying Based on mm-hmm. being around Rapunzel by 18 years, she probably what did not come out of that unsoftened. Unscaled, yeah, unscathed from being around. She, she was not. She, she yeah. could not have walked away from that without being somewhat shaped by Rapunzel's immediate likableness. Yeah, that's the best way I know how to put it. Yeah, and I don't think that's the sunflowers. No, that's just connection. That's just is. Rapunzel. That's Rapunzel who she is. Yeah. Character. Yeah, there again, I cannot wait for your dislike because I I, I want I want to hear your full. Oh, I'm know, I'm going to go thought. full thing, but let's jump to your third like first. My third like, which I very lovingly called, let me get to my notes. Uh, sacrificial love, sacrificial mm-hmm. love. So you have this again relationship between Flynn Rider, aka Eugene Fitzherbert, and Rapunzel, and then be like they fight, they starting to. Call, you know, fall in love with each other, and then everything's kind of ripped over asunder. And then you have the amazing scene where Rapun- uh, Eugene returns to the tower, believes that Rapunzel's let down his let down her hair, and realizes like, oh, I just got stabbed, and Gothel is now gone all evil and is going completely evil, mm-hmm. and is going to try to take away Rapunzel. And it was this. This 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 line in this movie which got me it, was, it went it just grabbed me was to be like uh, what was it uh, no I won't stop be like I'll, I'll never stop trying to get away from you but if you let me save him I will I'll be like I, I will do whatever you want just let me heal him willing the willingness be like you love somebody you do uh, you're willing to do almost anything for them mm-hmm. and. Uh, Kind of like what Christ did for us. Be like he died for our sins, even though we're undeserving of it. Christ did die for us. Be like he he became the willing sacrifice for yeah. our sins that we might have eternal life. Um, and then you have where Rapunzel is willing to give up her life in order to save Eugene, the man she loves. Mm-hmm. She has fallen in love with. And uh, it's this this touching, wonderful moment in this film. Where be like, Gothel is trying to protect her, her um, what's a good word? Her um, trying to think of a good word. Her her um, her her precious. She's trying to pres- her own her love, ah, precious. Exactly, being there. So and, close uh, as I can get to Gollum. I got gotcha. you. But this this amazing scene be like where. It's like they're both willing to sacrifice each other's lives. Be like Flynn Rider willing to give up his life in order to protect her and her willing to give up the rest of her life in order to protect him. Be like, it's moving. It's mm-hmm. very powerful. And then you get 
the glass which is just this amazing scene it's just everything about it's just moving and touching and just yank yeah pull, pulls you in and doesn't let go until the very end of the film it's like oh okay like like disney doing a really really dark scene like that and having a character die be like i love that oh my god because mm-hmm. there again it's sacrificial love it's sacrificial love and um it, it's so moving and so like in depth what things be like to, what you're willing to do for somebody like in scripture says if i'm going to quote it right um be like if you were you know lay down your life for your friend or lay down your life for no a greater love have a man hath than this and to lay down his life for his friend jesus said that yeah jesus said that but uh somewhere yeah. in the gospels i don't remember where yeah probably someone else be like oh it was in this okay thank you fair enough but, uh, yeah fair but uh that scene was so well done be like like you you felt you like you had this because like oh my gosh um like tangle series has scenes like this but the movie itself has this very defining moment of what love is between two characters. Mm-hmm. It's not Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, where it's, oh, the prince showed up once. Oh, I'm in love with him. No, be like, you get this amazing love story, this amazing story between two characters who are basically just try, are using each other in order to get through their own gains, and they wind up falling in love with each other. And to the point they're willing to sacrifice each other Sacrifice their own lives to protect the one they love. Mm-hmm. And it's so well done. Oh my gosh. Like Disney, let's do more of that. That's amazing storytelling. So, yeah, my third like is the sacrificial love of this film. Well, while your third like is that love being acted out, mm-hmm. my third like is how we see that love go from being planted to blooming. Okay. To bearing to bearing fruit. Yeah. Which is what your the bearing fruit is what uh, is what your part was, mm-hmm. because here's the thing: the snuggly duckling, at that point, yeah, they did not love each other. They barely were in like with each other. Yeah, they, they, they were tolerating. They each were other. tolerating each other. Yeah. Neither one really had any interest in the other one, other than what they were getting out of the deal. Mm-hmm. The escape from the snuggly duckling, mm-hmm. still kind of the same where the love was planted mm-hmm. where the seed was sown mm-hmm. was in the cave yeah when they finally opened themselves up to each other grant they think they're both going to die that's true he opens up to her and says uh my real name is Eugene Fitzherbert someone's got to know At someone least, has to know someone has to know i kind of like that well you'd be the first <laughs> yeah and then she opens up and says, yeah, I've got magic hair that glows when I sing. Which is like, you look at you, you, look, like, you look at this dude, the difference between those two, and you're like, I just told there's you a name. bit of a difference between I changed my name so I could seem cooler yeah. to I have magic hair. <laughs> that glows. That glows when I sing. And they go, wait, you have hair that glows when I sing? Say what? It's like, oh, hey, we can use that to escape. And then she, they, they do escape. Yeah. And I still love the scene when they come out of the water. She, says, she goes, we're alive. We're alive. And she's going, her hair glows. <laughs> I didn't it's see like, that coming. It's like, of all the things that just happened in the last couple of minutes, her hair glows is the most, is the thing that crossed my mind the first point. And then she goes and heals him. Yeah. 
He had no way of knowing this happening. She has no reason to help him. Yeah. Not really at this point. Because he would have probably been fine with a regular bandage. Yeah. And you can already see the seeds, the, the sprouts mm-hmm. of love. That's exactly. why Mother Gothel comes in right at this moment to say, test him with the crown. Yeah. She knows. She sees exactly what's going on. Oh, yeah. She probably she went through this and saw so many people going through this and has used it and manipulated mm-hmm. it a ton in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it continues to actually going to uh, Corona. That's yeah. the name of the actual city around the yeah. castle, as far mm-hmm. as we know. Kingdom of Corona. The Kingdom of Corona. And you're seeing her enjoying people. Yeah. For the first time. Thank goodness she's an extrovert. Exactly. Because if she was not an extrovert, that would have been terror beyond imagining. <laughs> oh my gosh, the people! So many people. I didn't know this many people existed. I thought maybe I'd see one, two other people, and that's it. It never occurred to me that, oh, this many people light lanterns, and those lanterns are the lights I saw every time around my birthday. Hey. I didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you see... You see her, and she's just having the time of her life. Mm-hmm. And you're watching uh, Flynn. Yeah. Flynn is the most cynical of the couple. Of course. He's been hurt probably the most. Oh, yeah. Rapunzel ha- is uh, basically a babe in the woods Yeah. at this point. And so she does not need the, the love for her to grow much before she's kind of already there. Mm-hmm. Flynn had to s- fall in love with her more. Yeah before she he got to the point where it's like okay i'm renting a boat i'm going to make sure she has the best seat in the house Mm -hmm. for this and we're gonna if we're gonna do this thing we're gonna do it right Mm -hmm. and then you get the scene yeah the money shot the lantern the lantern scene that scene blew my mind in theater that that. is the moment Mm mm-hmm when the the seed of love fully mm-hmm. blooms mm-hmm. into its into in its most beautiful section yeah because that's like flower completely unfolded look at the amazingness they're both in love they're both ha- having the time of their life you pray no one sees the stabbington brothers in another gothel on the other shore try to pay, not pay attention to that mm-hmm. that'll come up later when because yeah. this is a story that's got to go it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere, and we've got to move it to the point mm-hmm. where they have a chance mm-hmm. for the fruit mm-hmm. to have to come, yeah. which is what, I, what you brought up, where she has to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, for, first off, he has to defend her, yeah, which is what gets him stabbed in the first place. He has mm-hmm. to come looking for. He has yeah. no reason to come after her. Well, like I, other than love, other than love, he, and, and he because he because there's no because if he was still the selfish brat he was at the beginning oh, of this yeah. film, he'd have gone the other way. Yeah, but he's already so much in love with her that his first thought and everyone's first thought mm-hmm. is that we need to get him to Rapunzel. Yeah, and he knows exactly where to go. They go back because he knew Mother Gothel had been there. Yeah, and he, he goes realized who Mother Gothel really is. Right, and he goes back there and he real and he's up there. He's He's in the most dangerous place he could be because he's in love with Rapunzel. Mm -hmm. That's where he has to be to go help her. Mm -hmm. And for his troubles, he gets stabbed in the back. Side, actually. 
it's a deathly stab no yeah. matter what you do it's it's the mo- the last time we saw disney get this evil with their killing mm-hmm. was when they dropped the giant rock on the evil witch that is true if we're being honest i, I granted it's been a long time since i've seen sleeping beauty and a long time since i've seen cinderella they could be just as dark and i just don't remember it yeah not as dark as that. I mean, granted, the dragon does get slain, but at yeah. that point, is it really you know you don't really think mm-hmm. of that as maleficent? But anyway, it's the darkest we see it, and it's being done to a hero character, mm-hmm. not the villain. Yeah. The villain, it looks like the villain is winning mm-hmm. in this scene. And sh- and, and like you said, Rapunzel has to be sa- has to sacrifice, feels like she has to sacrifice herself to save Eugene mm-hmm. by not not by killing herself, not having uh, killing herself, but by giving up and doing whatever Mother Gothel says, mm-hmm. despite the fact that means she'll have to live pretty much in slavery for yeah. the rest of her life. Exactly. And Eugene, despite the fact that Rapunzel is about to heal him again with her magic hair, cuts all of her hair off uh-huh. to kill all the power, knowing as that this is going she to. Knows. Yeah, as far as he knows, this is he, he's not going to survive this. He yeah. is this is his last final act of love mm-hmm. for exactly. Rapunzel, and it was her grief mm-hmm. over losing her the love of her life because exactly. the, fl- the the flowers of love had bloomed completely in her by this point exactly. and had fruit, as which is painfully obvious from the other shot. That just enough, mm-hmm. just enough, yeah, of the sun drop was able to heal him now that being said we both watched all of tangled the series uh-huh. we both know that the power was basically just dormant somewhat yeah at this point in time yeah, somewhat yeah. it had to be awakened by the black rocks yeah still would love to know when the black rock first shut up where the flower was but well that's neither here nor there yeah that's i i love that whole journey from oh yeah we hate each other Here's secrets that are only coming out because we're both afraid we're going to die. Okay. So, to a sacrificial love. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say like the two characters hate each other. Be like they're like it's okay. Be like they oh. don't know they don't know each other. They're like they 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 put up with each other. You're right. They don't hate each other. I, like I said, other. they are barely in like with yeah. each other. They're, 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 they really don't like each other because they don't know each, each other. other. Yeah, and that's. Be like for, for for someone who has been in a relationship for a year and a half with a very wonderful woman, love of my life. Uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those where you just you first meet each other and you don't know each other really that well, and then it's that that seed is planted and then eventually it blooms. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally get it. So yeah, good job. Be like, dude, like doing the entire thing. I had to wipe my eye at one point because I was like, dude, that's good. That's some deep stuff. Yeah, that was so good. Props. So now dislikes. Dislikes. I don't want to go first because I just kind of went wax poetic for yes. a good five, ten minutes yes, yes. on love. Yes. Uh, I don't want to go into the hatred I have for a part in the beginning of the story right. right off the bat. So please give me your first dislike first. My, my first dislike. Now, granted, it was one of my first. It was one of my dislikes on the first show, or this the first review, the second episode yes. we ever did. For Tangled, uh, the animation in this movie is good. Do not get me wrong. The animation is done very well. It hasn't aged very well, though. 
And like there again, this was made in 2010. It's now 2023. And now granted, no shade. We're, I'm not throwing any of the designers. Wait, what, or, what are you saying is not aged well? That's what I'm confused well, about. It's more the like it'd be like if you're if you're watching tangled if you're watching tangled it'd be like the i i want to say it's i how do i say this the the animation is done very well be like you look at it now compared to 2000 like 2022 2023 animation be like obviously be like that was it's it was revolutionary then it'd be like it's still good animation but you you can see the flaws in how be like how they did things and how they were limited in their animations, techniques and styles. And I'm gonna let it slide, but I'm gonna disagree. Okay, on the idea that there there, there are flaws in everything. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I agree. But the flaws I may have saw in this, I don't really consider negatives. If that yeah. makes sense. And but continue. And there again, be like these are all kind of uh, our. Nitpicks, yeah, nitpicks, but like, where's my version? This is definitely going to be an extreme yeah. nitpicks. <laughs> my granted, even my rant here in a minute, yeah, is a very big nitpick. Mm-hmm. It's just a very big nit, big yeah. nick that I gotta pick, yeah, so, nit that I have to pick, yeah, yeah, like earwax in your ear. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I had to clean my ears before I came over here, so it's brought to mind. Uh, it's like, are we getting back into Frozen where all men eat their boogers? <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Anyway. No. Anyways, no. Uh, I'm not going to go there because be, we would sit there for 30 minutes talking about that. But uh, no, but it's just like, yeah, it's, the, the animation is good. Do not get me wrong. The design is good. Everything is good. It's just like, like watching it now, you can see the not the limitations you can see where what they had to use was really good at the time and it's just again nitpicks i am not throwing shade at anybody it the the animation seems a little is dated now is is dated now from two from 2010 and it just like there again i still love this film i watch it every time and i look at the animations like hmm i still love it I just in the back of my mind, it's that that nitpick is still there, so I have to bring it out. Uh, I still say you're seeing something I'm not, but uh, fair enough. Well, maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe possibly I'm not using the right adjectives to to describe it. But at a later date, because we don't have time to do it now, right. I'm gonna want you to show me okay what you're referring to because okay. I'm from what I've watched of this, yeah. Uh, Nearly every shot is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Agreed. It is. There are a lot of... Maybe the yeah. action is a tiny bit wooden. And maybe the lighting is still... Mm. Um, the, the the ocular lighting is maybe a yeah. little bit primitive. Yeah. But I yeah. kind of look at that sort of stuff like the the sketch line, sketchy lines we see yeah. in like 101 Dalmatians or... Mm-hmm. Some other stuff, you, you know, the stuff I'm talking yeah. about when they were Xeroxing. Yeah. I kind of look as like, that's just the quirk of the style they're using. I, I, I can live I, with it. I agree. I agree. There again, it's a nitpick. Yeah. It's a severe nitpick. I just kind of let it. Yeah. I nearly made another Frozen reference. Let's move on. 
anyway what's your first just like just rip into it okay i've already hinted at this a lot already i get the i, I like the idea of we are of eugene narrating the film being the narrator and saying this is how i died and i kind of wish it had at that point gone straight to rapunzel I am annoyed that we get the entire mystery given to us answered for us before the mystery is even shown. Mm -hmm. We are shown immediately the sunflower. We're shown immediately mother Gothel. Yeah. We're shown immediately, uh, the, the the guards were out looking for this flower and we see immediately them find the flower after it accidentally the cover got knocked off which mm-hmm. which i every time i see that i think this little light of I, i'm not gonna uh, i think of this little light of mine mm-hmm. you know the, the, the first where i'm not gonna hide it under a bushel yeah that's always pops in my mind when i see this because it's like yeah it's kind of what you're doing yeah Gothel, is Gothel. you're hiding the lights that you should have been freely giving yeah but anyway beside the point yeah uh, but we're seeing this we're seeing oh uh this is how the queen was saved and then she gave birth and it's pa- painfully obvious that the magic that was in the flower that gotha was using is now in rapunzel herself mm-hmm. and then we see um uh, mother gothel learn very quickly that even if the hair is cut that's actually very dangerous mm-hmm. and it'll actually make that bit of the hair lose its power. Mm-hmm. So that's why she then kidnaps Rapunzel. That's every bit of mystery. The rest of the film is doing its darndest mm-hmm. to slowly reveal over the course of its runtime. Mm-hmm. That is actually done very well if it weren't for the fact that in the first five minutes of your film you revealed every single thing do you think kids are this stupid that they could not have figured this out don't do this (laughs) you spoiled the mystery before we knew there was a mystery to spoil don't do this it has to be something that came up in like uh the writers not the writers room but like a, a like the first or second uh viewing for the studio heads and some studio head was not paying attention watching the film and go how do we know mother gothel's evil how do we know about the magic and the flower this all kind of just shows up at the end blah blah blah, blah. i was like if you were paying attention you could find all the clues that all this stuff was going down and then you could have revealed it in the final moments now granted i don't know when the current writing of the story where you actually do all the big reveals yeah granted maybe if, if the only way they could make it work is have mother gothel spill the beans in the scene where she realizes she's the lost princess because mm. really that scene does kind of just end and the next time we see rapunzel she's tied up i could if there was another scene where she's like tying rapunzel up and she's going ahead and monologuing yeah but that's a good that's a good that's a good that's reveal. a good monologue yeah that's a great way to handle this that's your four reveals like oh 
You thought I was a loving mother? I don't care about you. I only care about your hair because of the magic it holds. I'm everything I told you the outside world was because that's what the whole point of that is. And there is enough mystery leading up to that Mm -hmm. point where it would have been a great reveal. It would have been great reveal after great reveal after great reveal. And instead, you spoiled it in the first five minutes of the film before it even says Walt Disney Pictures presents. You give the ending away. I understand you don't want to bury the lead, but you do need to hide it a little bit when you are doing a mystery. Granted, Everyone, everyone our age knows the story of Rapunzel. We may not know the exact Brothers Grimm version, but we know the $5 uh, kindergarten version. Rapunzel was a princess. She had long hair, lived in a tower. And uh, a a guy comes by, says, knowing she's there, and says, Rapunzel, let down your hair. And he goes up, they escape, and they live happily ever after. Even with that knowledge, which is the only knowledge I had to Rapunzel going into this, I'm watching the first five minutes and going, this is a lot of thought put into this granted, but why are you telling me all this now? Especially when it's like, okay, that happened. And Oh, now we're in the opening. Okay. Fun. Cool. Oh, they're actually doing a good job. And I'm having the thoughts go through my mind on the first viewing. They're doing a good job of, of portraying mother Gothel's both being a likable person. Maybe she's not the villain, but obviously we know she's the villain. Just keep the mystery going for five minutes, please. You gave it away. Like you're doing such a good job, and then you squandered it in the la- in the first five minutes. Because I'm guessing somebody in the- somebody in the upper echelons of Disney did not understand how mystery works. Bravo, <laughs> that was good. Don't give away everything in the beginning this movie is a great movie Mm -hmm. and it would be better if you had just let the mystery flow totally understand and i can go ahead and tell you right now this cost half a point on my final rating this cost the movie itself half a point yeah again i totally get it i completely get it good point be like when you first said it i was like "Ooh, that's a good point because there again, coming from my perspective, I see it and it's like, okay, they're using the like, uh, like fairy tale type story. And yeah. Opening the book, and this is how the story goes. And that's how it would have been told in probably like the original story. Yeah, in a way. But yes. This is a modern retelling of yeah. the story. You're allowed to do stuff adaptation that you're allowed to adapt it and do stuff as long as you're remaining true to the script they're already somewhat doing it when you have mother gothel basically break the fourth wall and say now i'm the bad guy that is not the type of speech used throughout the rest of the film that is a modern day speech to point out to everybody she's the villain Mm. and that's fine Mm mm-hmm you can tell us she's the villain and do it with modern speech and it'd be fine. And then let us learn how much she is the villain. But the thing is her being the villain at that line is worthless because we've already been told she's the villain. Hmm. Good point. Very good point. I'm not saying 
the movie's bad. Okay. I'm not saying this ruined the movie. <laughs> it just I'm just saying it could have been better. Yeah. I, I, again. Totally I, and like I also said, this is just the biggest nit I could possibly pick. Okay. All righty. All right. So going in my second dislike. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use my third because I think it's funny. Um, Puppet Flynn from the ugly, the the the, the snuggly duckling. So there, the scene in the middle of uh, uh, Rapunzel's song and the the goons and the whole bit, which I, the song title I'm, is eluding me at the moment. But in the middle of the song, be like, and then everyone's be like, "Hey, what about you?" And they stick him on a wall. And uh, there's a moment, there's a moment in the scene where, like, you you see, and obviously, be like, you look in the rafters, you see, you know. Um, Pinocchio. but yeah so in the in the middle of that scene be like it's where rapunzel goes by and it's all the goons and flynn and flynn rider for that moment in the scene looks like a puppet because his his shading is like be like his the lighting's off or something like that in that scene and he just looks like a wooden puppet to me he looks like a wooden puppet and i find it absolutely hilarious now in retrospect because like even watching the first time, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit odd. The lighting's off a little bit. Like maybe they cast the lighting wrong or something. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I just I remember that I recall that scene so vividly. It's just like, oh, okay, that's cool. This this admittedly was this is what 2010. This is still in the early days of Disney using uh, ray tracing. Yes. To handle lighting. Yeah. So that is just one of the little weirdness oh, yeah. things. Oh yeah, I agree. So I, agree. I mean, it's yeah, there's. This is one of the things I will say. Yeah, this part maybe not have aged well. Mm -hmm. So that's the one part of that I'll agree with you on. It's just so much yeah. of the rest of this is like so well All right. designed and composited and oh yeah, drawn through the computer. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'll definitely have to show you that at some point. But yeah, it was the, it was that one scene where it's just more like for a moment, Eugene looked like a puppet. He literally just looked like a wooden puppet or a hard plastic puppet. So yeah, that's my second dislike. Again, nitpick. My second dislike is a logistics nitpick. Mm -hmm. It takes them the whole movie to go from Tower to Corona. Mm -hmm. Two seconds to go from Corona back to Tower. I grant we probably skipped the trans the, the 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 transit mm -hmm. but it made as good as the uh as fun and adventurous as the journey was mm -hmm. the trip back just made it crunch just a little yeah too much it made it, it, made, it the beginning of the film made it made it the 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 journey made it the world feel big yeah. this made it feel very small now granted he's riding on maximus he's a beast he's a horse so of course he's going to go faster than he was when they were walking walking on foot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he. But the thing is, even uh, Rapunzel and Gothel get back to the tower really quick. Yeah, for the amount of time that passed. That's really what's getting me is the amount of time that passed. They got back to that tower really quick. I, I granted, I, I know a lot of the trip there was also she's experiencing the world for the first time and he's having a hard time probably getting her to move every five feet. Yeah. So I know that's part of it, but right. it just, it felt like the, 
world i i, I just lost the sense of of uh, distance okay how far she actually was from corona even though we get to see you know the distance between her and the lights mm -hmm. we can see that it's you know at least a good 10 miles yeah uh and they just it's just they make that transition just very fast and uh, it just feels like it's a logistical issue in terms of the pacing of time yeah that's so, really what i'm getting at so it's like someone hit warps warp drive and said you know punch it scotty <laughs> if you're referring to the fact that somehow star trek into darkness made the, the galaxy feel about as big as a trip to the store yes you brought up Star Trek. I did. You brought up my issue with time crunches. I'm going to bring up the fact that J.J. Abrams thinks warp drive is hyperdrive in Star Wars. And they're two different things. More on that rant. Fair. I don't know where I'm going to finish that rant. <laughs> I'm not going to rant anymore. I've already done, used up my rant a lot for this episode. Whipmaster. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> this is a great. All right. So my third and final dislike, uh, I'm calling this Gothel's Folly. So what do I call it? Gothel's Folly. So Gothel kidnaps young Rapunzel. You think be like, okay, Gothel be like Rapunzel was a babe when she was kidnapped. She doesn't remember anything. Yeah. So instead of naming her son, not Rapunzel and not giving her this exact same birth date. So that's the thing. You could have Rapunzel still a fine name to give her because yeah. it's obviously not the name her parents were going to give her. We don't know that. We don't know that. But honestly, why would uh, her parents name her cabbage? Mm. Why would they name her after a cabbage? It's not exactly the name you give to a person of royal lineage. Under normal That's circumstances, true, but it's just more like I don't know. But it was, it was, it was so weird because. But like, I will agree with you on yeah, this. A lot of this would have been fixed had you just time shifted her birthday by yeah. about two months. Yeah, just changed it by a couple of months, and Rapunzel wouldn't have known. She'd been like, "Oh, that's cool. It's not on my birthday, so so it's not sticking out of my mind." But it's like, oh yeah, every year I see these lights. Now, granted, she still would have been curious. Yeah. Why these lights show up the same day every year. Yeah. But you know, how, why are they correlating with my birthday? The fact that it happens to land on her birthday mm -hmm. is also like, this is too coincidental. Co coincidental. Yeah. So yeah, Go Gothel's mistake of, you know, giving her the same birthday of the same when she was kidnapped is a little bit of a folly on Gothel's part. And so, now, granted, it'd be like it, it would have been interesting in the movie that they called her. It'd be like Gother would have called her Flower, and be like, and everybody, everybody else called her Rapunzel. So it would have been interesting because I, I think it, that would have been. It is weird that she named her uh, Rapunzel, and then gave her the nickname of Flower instead of giving her a name that means flower. Yeah, exactly. Granted, we know the reason it's like that in reality. It's because this is based on a story where the character's name was Rapunzel. Yes. And most people would not know that that word means cabbage. Yes. But still. But yeah, it's just like when when I when I started realizing like wait a minute, cuz like even Rapunzel's like the most very intelligent young lady. 
And she's like, wait a minute, why is this and this? And all our audience is like, why in Gothel? Like, just change the date a little bit. Or at least call call her Flower for something else. Don't call her Rapunzel, because that's probably what the King and Queen called her. So why We don't know that. We don't know that. Because they never referred to what the Lost Princess's name was. That is true. I kind of got the feeling that she was kidnapped before she was christened. So she didn't have a name. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, Gothel, you kind of have a little folly there with using her exact same birthday. So be like, yeah, it makes a good story. Agreed. But when you're trying to keep your 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 precious away from everything else and keeping the exact same birthday she had when you kidnapped her and coalining coalating with coalating, am I saying that right? They're they're not, co- not coalating. Yeah, they're intersecting. It's not coalating, it's uh Correlating. Correlating. Yeah, correlating. They're intersecting. They're intersecting with each other. And uh, yeah, might have done something a little different. I don't know. Because there again, we don't know what the uh, the, the king queen actually called Rapunzel. That's just Rapunzel. But because uh, it would have been it would have been interesting if we would have known her name was Rapunzel, but got if say hypothetically mm-hmm. this didn't happen in the movie, nor did it happen in the show. Let's say hypothetically. Hypothetically, the king queen named her Rapunzel, and Gothel called her Flower. Like just it's just Flower. It's not Rapunzel. So you have the distinction. So then be like, and then it turns into this bigger revelation. It's like, oh, my name actually isn't Flower, which I would have thought been really interesting. It's Flynn Rider. It's like, oh, I'm Flower. It's like, what? <laughs> Your name is Flower. <laughs> It's like, okay, weird. She likes hanging out with Thumper and Bambi. <laughs> and attacking James Bond. That's a different movie. Attack, attacking James Bond. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Diamonds are forever. Look it up. Oh. I haven't seen a whole lot of James Bond film. Let's just be honest. I've seen a few. There, There is one where James Bond is... In a uh, the villain's lair, and the first people he comes up to are two nice, scantily clad young ladies. Mm. One's name is Bambi, and the other is Thumper. Oh, didn't know that. And well, it's a James Bond movie, yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, I, I just I call stuff it, happens, yeah, I, I, yeah, of course, Gene Bond. So, I, didn't, I don't mean he sleeps with them, yeah. Moving on. on. Moving right along. <laughs> dig a doom, dig a doom. So, uh, yeah, it's it's Mother Gothel's folly, fo- folly, folly, to to giving her the same birthday she had before you kidnapped her. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number. That's my third disagree. I mean, like dislike of this film. What, so so, Rit Master, you got anything else? <laughs> Uh, that 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 can't be tied into that. Um, I honestly am not sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, my I, I guess my third dislike. No, no. I, I every other thing that's coming to my mind is the can be tied into that first one, for the most part. Mm-hmm. 
because it causes so many other little minor issues there. throughout the whole thing. Uh, okay, I have one. It's okay. a very, very, very minor nitpick. Okay. The lantern that the king and queen launch in the opening. There. Should not be the exact same design it is during the uh, the drawing on it. Should not be the exact same design it is during the icing the light. Okay. It should be slightly different, and you can tell it's a copy-paste. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, extremely minor nitpick. That is a nitpick. That's very I will I just that's want Nikki in the pit. I want it just to be a slightly different texture. Okay. Just a slightly different drawing. Grant, I get I get it's the seal, mm-hmm. but I kind of like it. we know that he all uh, from the show that he always wrote a letter and hoping that his little daughter would find it. Yeah. But I kind of wish they maybe had written on the lantern like a little message every year that maybe was slightly different mm-hmm. so that there was at least a little bit of a different texture yeah a, a, a little bit of a different look yeah same motif same obviously you look mm-hmm. at it and go yeah that's the same that's that's that looks similar to the one they did the first one but this feels yeah. like that it the lantern was mass produced i just want each one to be a little more personalized year I year because i feel as painful as this entire process has to be for them always looking for their daughter mm-hmm. that they would make each one of those launches meaningful and they won't wouldn't have mass produced lanterns hanging out in the in the in the storeroom somewhere i got you but we do in the series know where all those flop those we know where they all go they will go to a very interesting little island <laughs> with a lot of little leaf people leaf people on it <laughs> and a lot of like why are we back here I thought we left. <laughs> anyway, that was my third dislike. Yes. I think I know what your rating is going to be, but why don't you go ahead and tell us? Okay, so first off, like, so what was the rating beforehand? Uh, I, you gave it a 10, mm-hmm. and I gave it a 9.5. Yeah. Mine hasn't changed. I, I thought about it. Honestly, I did. I thought about it. Just like, you know, the the time dilation between then and now. But this movie is still freaking amazing. Storytelling, animation, the whole bit. Like, just golden. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Amazing story. Amazing characters. Amazing development. Amazing. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the time and tested proven of sacrificial love, I love it. And be like this movie is just so well rounded as a story, well rounded as characters, character development, characters falling in love with each other. It's just an amazing, terrible villain, amazing, terrible villain that you want to see come to her ruin in the most spectacular way ever. And it's just like, mwah, love it ten. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you changed? No. Okay. Still a 9.5. This is a very well-made film. Yeah. And just like before, I I have I did not go back and listen to our previous episode. Right. I have a strong feeling that I felt the same way about the opening thin as I do now. Just maybe I did not 
give it as much because that was long before we did likes and dislikes. So I'm sure yeah, I I brought it up, but I did not have you had the same gravitas. <laughs> I, I I can tell you I probably did not go into as much detail then yeah. as I did tonight. Right. So uh yeah, nine point five still. Yeah. It's the film like I said, the film is good. It's it's a great film. It just could be better. Yeah. You could have made it just a little bit better. It's called Rapunzel Single Adventures and yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of hidden in that, and you, you kind of don't realize how much even the fluff episodes yeah. are actually important. Yeah, exactly. Just beautiful storytelling. There again, you never until you get it, to it. the groundhog grab. Oh gosh, those episodes every, could every be left out time. every uh, single time. It's like, will you leave out the gopher grab, please? <laughs> I hate these episodes. They don't do anything. The only th- only time they ever did anything for us was we says like, oh, there is somebody who doesn't like Rapunzel, mm-hmm. and even he likes Rapunzel later on. Mm-hmm. So, say Lavi, Richard, kind, you did your best. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next week, mm-hmm. what are we watching? A very despicable sequel to a despicable film Two. that we uh, have reviewed before. And I actually think Despicable Me 2 is better than the first one. Hmm. I don't think I've seen the second one yet. Well, you've got a week. Yeah. To, to, to look for or watch more little gremlins saying banana. Banana. Okay, moving on. Join us next week for that. In the meantime, I'm gonna we're gonna go to intermission. Throw you some. Uh, we're gonna when we come back. We're gonna be talking what we've been watching, news, and of course, the end of the Dark Phoenix saga of X Men: The Animated Series. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out the Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast using the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out the Untold Podcast at theuntoldpodcast.com to listen and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, Paul J. Powers.com, and Melanie Dubois. And still not this to person who had the time to review episodes, Early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob. Please donate to us on Patreon. In my defense, I've had a busy week and next week is also going to be busy. Same. So... Yeah, I've got the I've got the weekend off because my my lovely girlfriend is having a girl a girls weekend. I would have been there, but my vacation that would that out. would have been awkward for you to be at a girls weekend. No, they just want, saying they, they wanted me to come because they wanted to beat me. That's the thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyways, Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, in the last four days. In the last four days, not a whole lot. 
uh, work, 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 stress, stress, stress. Because um, literally, what was it one day? Be like, I, w- I got to work and just busy, 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 busy. And then it's like, oh, the distributor's there. Oh, crap. I got to go clean more stuff and stressing out about nothing. But uh, so, yeah, I really haven't watched anything. I've watched a lot of YouTube. Um, and then I, uh, if you don't, if you don't know the channel, it's really fun. It's it's um, uh, the Super Carlin Brothers on YouTube. They also do you know other stuff, but uh, they do primary a lot of Harry Potter stuff, and that got me to thinking it because I've been watching for a couple of days and like wow okay, and so I actually uh, went to Audible, found the uh, the audiobook for the the Sorcerer's Stone, not the Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone. And uh, I pulled out my old copy. I'm actually reading through uh, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone right now. I'm, I think mm-hmm. I'm at the end. I think I'm in chapter three, I think. Just before everything goes nuts. Right. But uh, yeah, and definitely it's, you know, when the audio, the audio is being read by Jim Dale, mm-hmm. who, I think he got a Guinness World Record for those many voices for, for his performance. And it's just just incredible. Wow. But yeah, now granted, be like I'm listening to it, but at the same time, I'm hearing my own version of Dumbledore or uh, Professor McGonagall or how Harry sounds. Because uh, in my head, he sounds more like Daniel Radcliffe, but that's just me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I'd be like I'm enjoying it so far. Because there again, I read this back in college, and uh, it took me a year and a half to read the first one, and that was interesting but let's let's just say i uh was a chaperone for a youth mission a youth trip to i think the the first book the last book came out and everybody's reading it obviously the youth minister has no problem with this and i'm sitting behind two girls who at that point are harry potter fanatics and i'm sitting there reading the book and they were like so where are you at where are you at it's like uh i'm at this chapter and the, it's like, do not tell me anything, please. If, if you I'd be like, obviously, most of for the most part, most of it was all around during that time. So it was like, no, do not tell me anything. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm starting to re going back and reread Harry Potter, the first series. Hey, Jacob. Oh. Yes. Snape kills Dumbledore. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's like the most spoiled. betrayer. <laughs> it's the it's like saying Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's the most spoiled thing in existence. I know. And I just thought I it would know, be fun. Was, the, for anyone who has not read Harry Potter and is trying to go through it, and I just spoiled one of the books for you. I'm not telling yeah, you which th- one. Yeah, thankfully, my little cousin isn't watching. You see what I been apologize. Like, no, I'm reading that book. <laughs> read all the books leading up to it. Right. So, so that moment actually feels earned. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just felt like being a jerk there for a slight second. We're also casket for once in a while, you know, you know, you know. Hey, you have dog. to, yeah, you have to have to understand. Mm-hmm. For a long time, this was all I knew about the the entire Harry Potter series was that Snape kills Dumbledore. I don't know who Snape is. I don't know who Dumbledore is. I just know one killed the other, and apparently this was a bad thing. It was. I know it was now. I've read all seven books. I was going to say, thankfully, I'd be like, because I was like, wait but a minute. For a long time. Yeah. This was all I knew because the internet would not shut up. <laughs> and apparently, I am adding to the noise. 
yeah, just I, I'm very grateful that my cousin, my cousin doesn't allow her second oldest daughter who loves Harry Potter isn't watching this episode right now <laughs> because that would have been bad. I guarantee I would have got a call from my mother. It's like, oh my gosh, your cousin, your little cousin's so upset now. I'd be like, Drew, you're. It's like, oh. I don't know her. <laughs> you know, you know, but that would. I'll never meet her. No, you probably won't. Until deep in a dark alley of an of a uh, weird comic con that I actually happened to go to, <laughs> all of a sudden she goes Mother Gothel on me and stabs me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can totally see my my ten year old cousin doing that. <laughs> It's like you spoiled it for me. Yeah, you ruined it. You ruined my summer. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be hell. Be like that'd be terrible. But the whole scenario is hilarious. <laughs> meet you, meet you in the back yeah. alley. Yeah, yeah. How many times have both of us? spoiled on something oh yeah it just happens it does you gotta you gotta learn to understand if you are spoiled on something i don't care how big or how small it is yes don't take it personally yeah exactly you just now have been given a slightly bittersweet gift yeah exactly you now get to experience oh yeah what leads to the moment that just got spoiled for you granted the moment itself will not be as powerful as it would have been oh yeah but okay that's what makes the gift bittersweet so Kind of in that, kind of the exact same way. So I was reading the last book, The Deathly Hallows, and uh, my cousin, who's a lot faster reader than I am, because I am slower than a snail when it comes to reading. Minus when you get an audiobook in my ear, I read a lot better. But uh, oh yeah, they'll get it done in ten hours. That's true. So while I'm sitting there all night, we go pick up the book, go back to his house, read, be like, and then I have to go to work. And so I'm dead exhausted, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a really good book. And he's like, hey, where are you at? It's like, oh yeah, Dobby just showed up. And he he says something that alludes to something. I'm like, you turd. You just gave it away, didn't you? It's like, kind of. It's like, thanks. But at the actual moment when it does happen in the book, oh my gosh, yes. That was such an amazing point in the book. But we're not talking about Harry Potter. We're talking about you know, I, what we just watched or listened to, and I've I, been reading. I just remember one other thing I knew about Harry Potter before I read the books. Mm -hmm. Dobby has given Master a sock. Dobby is free. <laughs> yes. Like, Dobby, you look like Jar Jar Binks's deformed cousin. <laughs> hey, don't be ragging on Dobby. <laughs> Granted, I only know that when I imagine Dobby, I have to imagine the version that was in the movies because that's the only way I've seen him. Oh, the. Like and, and then I Which then he does that version does look like a deformed Jar Jar Binks doll. It does, it does. <laughs> and like, too bad we never got Winky in the movies. Let's just say that, or any of the other or any elves. other house elves. <laughs> but anyways, we're not here to talk about Harry Potter. We're here to talk about. Um, never had spew either. But anyway, yeah, we never had spew. Come on, give us spew. Anyways, so. Hmm. That's got me thinking now. That's a dangerous thing right now. So yeah, I, I have I have been reading. I'm starting to go through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So in that regard, that is basically all I've been watching and listening to. What about you? Nathan has us on has me and both of us on on another thing That's on right. on yeah. Uh, 
contract is the wrong word on point on point yeah uh, for uh some upcoming collaborations that we're recording within the next week i'm on one by myself and then we have another one that's like a week from monday mm. so i've been watching those things oh okay that doesn't tell you anything. No, uh, no, Billy. It, it tells me everything. I, I need to start watching right. this thing on Netflix. I've watched. Uh, I, I finished Car Ranger, which I am. Uh, need we to get, don't talk about Turbo. I needed to get that finished before. Uh, I'm going to be on Power Trip. Yeah. I have some thoughts. Mm. You'll have to just tune into that to hear my full thoughts on. Uh, whether turbo or car ranger was better okay gotcha. and let's just say nobody's going to be happy i have opinions they're not they're not as monumental as i made that just sound yeah you could probably guess my thoughts mm -hmm. but uh there's just ways it could have been done differently and it would have been fine okay i'll put it that way okay so and then I started Skull Island on Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's a film. There's a TV show. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It's. I'll put it this way. There. It feels. I have a bad feeling based on some communications I saw between uh, Nate and Dallas from Geek Devotions mm -hmm. that. Uh, it's not, there's going to be a lot of missed potential. Okay. I'll put it that way on Skull Island. On Skull Island. Okay. But we'll get there when we get there. Right. Anyway, that's pretty much everything I've done outside of watching Strange New Worlds. Okay. And some YouTube. Okay. Because I actually haven't watched um, Secret Invasion yet this week. Mm. But anyway, other than that, that's about it. All right. What do we got in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dylan, and going into a bit of news. Uh, so we have mentioned this particular movie a few times it was one of the last projects that blue sky was working on before they got shut down by disney and uh, apparently that is it is finally coming to netflix on friday june 30th which is today right yes today is the 30th yeah 30th so right now you can go to netflix and watch uh niomon n-i-m-o-n-a M I N M I N I M O N. Oh, Nimona. Nimona. Yeah, you can go watch Nimona right now. And uh, apparently they put up a behind the scenes and uh, a behind the scenes uh, kind of documentary on the, the making of the movie because this movie went through a lot to try to, you know, get where it is. So you can go watch that, make your own opinion of what you think of the film. Um, uh,. So, yeah, so a movie about a Kraken. Release the Kraken. To, well, maybe not this to Kraken. To fight the evil little mermaid. Yeah. Yeah, we know what you're doing. 
We know what you're doing. I kind of am here for it. I need huh? to, I need to go watch that film. It looks like it'll be fun. Oh yeah. Uh Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. Mm-hmm. Uh apparently uh, this movie is getting ready. It, it actually released today, actually. Uh released on June 30th uh here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it's the newest coming out from Netflix. And uh yeah, if you if you are gonna go see it, let us know. And um I don't know if we're going to do a review over it or not, but I don't think we're going to have time for a reaction. Yeah. Our, to be that's honest, what I mean a reaction because I mean, our schedule is a bit full. Well, it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, give us you know a little bit of grace there. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, totally rake us over the calls for missing uh, Spider Verse, but yeah, yeah, give us grace for for Ruby Gilman Teenage yeah, Kraken. Exactly. And apparently, we're going to review into the spider you know, across the Spider Verse in the next year. Apparently, no, no, of course not. No, that would never happen. Inconceivable. This is the guy who makes up the schedule. Went ahead and claimed a bunch of spots. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so apparently, uh, speaking of Spider Man, across the Spider Verse. Is doing very well. It is at number one. Uh, it's reached uh, its fourth month. It has claimed another nineteen point three million dollars. Uh, See, here's so go ahead, go ahead with the latest Pixar film uh, release, Elemental, which there again we have not done a reaction to yet. So there mm-hmm. again, give us grace. Um, I'm not in a hurry for that one because Pixar is, does not have the reputation they once had. Yeah, agreed. But I've heard good things about it in some... some yeah, some it'll, get, it'll get reviewed. Oh, yeah. Uh, came in second place with $18.4 million in its second week. Uh, so Cross the Spider-Verse has made so far $314.5 million uh, with the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's doing very well. Uh, Elemental is uh, which is in the second, which has uh, $47.5 million with uh, DC's The Flash coming in number three with $72.4 million. If I can point out one little thing right yeah. quick. Spider-Verse was number one the first two weeks of its release. Mm-hmm. It hit number two when Flash released, and now it's back to number one. Of course. Flash had a little bit of a high note, and then people's like, oh, yeah, this film's not as good as we thought it'd be. Oh, yeah. Be like Michael Keaton's in it. <laughs> oh, that was about the only good thing in the film. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed it, but it's not what I'm wanting for Christmas. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is doing very well right now in theaters, and uh, Elemental is right behind it. And then you have the Flash. So yeah, like yeah, if you if you want to go see a really good movie right now, be like yeah. Yeah, go to theaters. You know, go support your local theaters. Yes. Go. Do it now. I wouldn't say right now because it's like almost 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night. So, yeah. Well, when recording, yes. Yeah, recording this, but either or. You know, this recorded on Friday. So, yeah, if you listen to this later, you just go watch it. Anyways, so that's all I have for news, unless you have something else, Drew. I do not. All right. So it is time for us... To deal with the phoenix mm-hmm. that and her pesky, pesky bird and her dark ways, and I may have an opinion about how this ends. Previously on X Men. 
sulky, over bulky, kinda hulky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic, what? aquatic <laughs> superhero. The viral superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. A couple of them are in these episodes today. X-Men, the animated series, Dark Phoenix, and the fate of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Came out, uh, we're both came out on uh, November 19th, 94 and November 26th, 94, mm-hmm. respectively. Directed by Larry Houston and written by Larry Parr and Brooks Watchell, respectively. In these episodes, Jean Grey, now completely part of the Phoenix, returns to her childhood home, overwhelmed by too much emotion and too much power. Xavier reads Lalandra's mind and challenges her guard to a duel of honor that Lalandra cannot refuse for Jean Grey's life. Guest cast in these episodes. There's not many in this this week. Richard Epcar is the voice of Gladiator. Mm-hmm. And Len Carlson is the voice of the Supreme Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the Skrull Empress also, strangely enough. Yeah. Same guy. Mm-hmm. Funny how that worked. Yeah. Trivia for this one. When Beast is designing the mnemonic scrambling device, a signed photo of Carly Ann Crocker, his love interest from Beauty and the Beast, uh-huh. can be seen taped to his computer. Yeah. When Lalandra shows the X-Men the damage Dark Phoenix has done among the alien onlookers are a scroll, a xenomorph colored red, mm-hmm. a Cree warrior, and the thing, Ben Grimm, colored dark green. And I would like to also point out, I noticed Green Goblin was in the audience too. Yes, I did. <laughs> Jean dons her original Marvel Girl costume, green mini dress, yellow gloves, boots, and mask from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Cameos for this episode include Doctor Strange, Thor Odinson, Uatu the Watcher, Eternity, and we get the debut of the Supreme Intelligence, ruler of the Kree Empire, and the Empress of the Skrull Empire, which I love how this makes it sound like those are one and the same person. Yes. The way this is written, which... I'm not sure they're not, from what I understand of how this works. Who's this? The Supreme Intelligence. Okay. Ruler of the Kree. And according to this, well, if this is if I read if I'm reading this right, right. the way the sense is structured, also the Empress of the Scroll Empire. It's an AI. It could be yeah, both. That is true. 
That's I don't know. Yeah. X Men aficionados weigh in, but don't roast me for not knowing this because, yeah. granted, I don't know everything. Yeah, sure. So anyway, Dark Phoenix. Yes. How this story ends. I want to point out that this is very obviously a Saban written show because just a little. It's a good thing those planets were uninhabited, or otherwise this would have been a lot worse. Yes, mm-hmm. just like the Megazord only destroys things in the abandoned warehouse district. Every single episode. Yes. <laughs> how how many abandoned warehouse districts are there in Angel Grove? And how big is Angel Grove? Angel Grove is obviously the size of Tokyo. Apparently. Since that's where most of the mm-hmm. Super Sentai actually yeah. take place. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Also, don't forget the first dub of Dragon Ball Z that Saban partially wrote, and all the helicopters you could the Tien could see their uh, parachutes, despite the fact none were drawn on screen. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's and and all everyone got sent to another dimension instead of getting killed. That is hilarious. You gotta love 90 censorship and Saban oh, sensibilities sometimes. Oh, yeah. Hey, at least it's not four, what is G, it's four not, kids? Four kids. Yeah. Turning rice balls into jelly donuts. Yeah. Without reanimating them. Yeah. These jelly donuts are great. It's like, that's not a jelly donut. donut. And I don't think that's a sweet dish either. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, anyways. Oh, and sending people to the Shadow Realm. Exactly. But yeah, 90s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, this is definitely Saban production. And yeah. I, I, this will be interesting when we in X-Men 97 actually does come out to see how much of these mm-hmm. sensibilities actually carry over. Okay. Or if they're just going to do their own thing that's just kind of sort of based on this show. Yeah. But um, this is... A good, I mean, we we both know this is a good show. Yeah, agree. Um, these episodes are good. Uh, the second one is, I from what I know, the last episode of X Men the animated series I watched. Hmm. Because I, when I think back to the show, this is the last memory I have is uh, Jean Grey dressed as Marvel Girl, hmm. and them doing this big fight and her being on trial for the crimes of Dark Phoenix. Hmm. I just assumed this came later. Hmm. I thought this would have been a season finale thing, not you would have thought mid season. Mm-hmm. We still have what ten episodes of the season left. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think we are at the halfway point. We are of X Men the animated series. Just for those who are curious. So, yeah. Uh, so I actually have no idea where we're going from here. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same boat right now. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I do like how they got out of Jean Grey being dead in the comics yeah. and somehow now that Jean is, has, is no more, I, the Phoenix, have returned from being an overly emotional bird to being a guardian once again. Yeah. It's like, so I, you just needed to be smacked around a little? Is that what the problem was? I, I, I got the- You are not innocent of any sins here, Phoenix. She, she you got, did this, her, not her. Teenage, her teenage angst. Are you saying she just 
very quickly while she was while Phoenix was in Jean Grey just went through all the teenage years and now she's a now Phoenix is a young adult apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I, this is a, a kind of a minor thing and I know this is just 90s writing style mm-hmm. and I could have brought this up at any time on any of these episodes but man do these episodes wrap up fast. They do. Like even the stuff that's obviously multi-parters, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, the story that's keeping this particular episode going, we're gonna wrap that up in two seconds and then leave you something to keep to, for it to be continued to actually occur. Yeah. It's weird how long it will stay on a particular story and then three minutes before the end, oh, we're done. Yeah, wrap up, get wrap it up, folks. We 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 just finished the last commercial. That's all, folks. Yeah, and it happens here too because. The fight there during Fate of the Phoenix, it's most of the episode. Yeah. And it's like, there's no way the X-Men are going to get out of this. And you go back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden, Gene is, quote-unquote, destroyed because this is a Saban production. And I am the Phoenix. Everything's going to be okay because we can't kill a character we're selling toys of. Mm-hmm. I assume they were selling toys. Yeah, they were selling <laughs> They're toys. always selling toys, and I just don't remember these toys. I remember having little plastic Ziploc bags with the characters printed on them that I used to take my sandwiches to school in and one held like Christmas hangers for years in uh, our decorations. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you use stuff right. you have and then right. all of a sudden, 20 years later, oh, look, that is Colossus. <laughs> it must be time to put up the Christmas tree. I just went vampire. <laughs> you did. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> I was trying to be Chakos Sparrowag between man's thighs because the only way I can keep in my Russian accent is every once in a while quote Zangief. Well, it's, it's, I mean, like, if you look at it historically, like, Vlad the Impaler is yes, not yes, from yes. Transylvania, which was part of Roma, Romania, Romania, Romania which, which is Russia. They're all, e, e, the, the, the European side of Russia has a lot of German connectiveness. It does, there's a lot of German So, connection. moving on. Yes, moving right uh, on. Dick-a-dum, dick-a-dum. These, I, I will still say that these four episodes in total were far better than Fox did with the movies. Oh, but yeah, this yeah. still oh just wraps up like so stinking quick. Mm. I, I think the comics might have. I don't know if the comics wrapped up this quick, mm. but it, these wrap up so stinking mm. quick. I do appreciate that Chris Claremont in these episodes has been getting a, a, a based on credit. Yeah. Uh, I don't that's think it's, I don't think that's occurred in every episode, but these, but all of the Phoenix and the Dark mm-hmm. Phoenix stuff, Chris Claremont has been getting mm-hmm. at least that much. Agreed. So kudos for giving uh, credit where credit is due. Even though I think a lot of these stories were based on Chris Claremont stories they were. because he wrote so much of X Men mm-hmm. for like 20, 30 years. Yeah, back in the eighties. He the 90s. it's really more his than this Stan Lee's. Mm-hmm. But oh, agreed. Yeah. And I appreciate the cameos. Yeah. In this. What are your thoughts? Uh, I've been I've been I, rambling. I enjoyed these episodes. The the third episode threw me for the biggest loop because they they were just intercutting all these weird cuts. Yeah. Like in the middle of the fights, they would just go whoop, whoop, it's whoop. Like, and here's a shot of Doctor Strange being aware that the Phoenix is rising. Oh, and that. And here's Thor Odin's son. Uh, we hope you actually are a good good Marvel uh character uh, people because in the 90s you won't know who these people are otherwise right Uh, and and here's what was the third one 
there was the watcher oh, watcher the watcher there's a deep cut yeah who in the 90s who's uh, who, what little kids in the 90s watching this show go oh, they've showed who watch the watcher he's the guy he's the guy who narrates what if because it's about what he does yeah, yeah. and then i had now we'll character. show eternity one of the actual gods gods mm. of the marvel marvel universe right. and still do nothing with them just like the mcu yeah hey. so what i'm referring to love and thunder you you despise i despise you moving on so in the in the in the middle of the fight with the phoenix with the the x-men they're like oh we need to stop her be like no i can't hurt genie and uh th there's all these weird inner cuts of be like where it was one point where it's this real close-up shot they're zooming in on phoenix's dark phoenix's face and then all of a sudden there's this weird cutaway uh, to Cyclops blasting. I remember it that it's, because it's obviously from like a minute in previous in the episode. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going, uh, did y'all guys get some reels out of order or something? Because this doesn't fit. No, it doesn't. It'd be like, there's a lot of just like very weird editing choices, like with different clips they would throw in there. It's just like, okay, thankfully these are not flashing images because I would have a headache uh, or worse. Um, oh, and the fire effects that they kept oh, showing geez. in here. Oh my it's god! Like, uh, I thought the one from the season opener, the, the teaser, was the, this was bad. But it's like, good night. This is it. this is a looped, low resolution fire graphic that you got from who knows where. Mm -hmm. Why? And, oh, and granted, I know this is a cheap production. That's, oh yeah. That's if there's one thing that can definitely said about this show is it's a cheap production. So the, the, but it's still the most mem one of the most memorable ones. Agreed. So one of the one scenes they kind of just I started laughing. It's where I think it's where it's uh they're they're talking about the phoenix and how or the phoenix is be like, oh I'm gonna destroy everything, and it's they literally just take the silhouette of the phoenix and take all the either the white or the black out. It just uh, replace it with the fire. Replace it with flames. It's like, and like every other scene is all this. Uh, it's re over relooping re oh, flame effects, and, and, and it looks so cheesy. It's so hard. Okay, okay, okay. Devil's Advocate. Okay, we're watching this on an HD television mm -hmm. with no interlacing and none of the stuff that uh, they knew. They, none of the technology they're aiming for. Mm -hmm. We're looking at this on better technology than it's intended to be seen on. Yeah. It could be that while it probably still didn't look great on a CRT, mm -hmm. it would look better. Oh, agreed. Especially at 480, an actual 480 resolution mm -hmm. with uh with, with the actual scan lines going and not looking at it with this. Grant, this is still not a great transfer. This is still a 480 yeah, transfer of the exactly. of the show, and very obviously off videotape. Mm -hmm. But it could have it could look better on the actual equipment it was designed to be seen on. Fair, fair. At the same time, yeah. Good night. It looks bad. It does look bad. It does look bad. And, and we know that this, this studio is not above, like doing bad stuff and acting like it's a big thing or do we need to be remembered of the to be continued from strange hearts savage lands or whatever the name of that episode was yeah part one it's like oh to be continued we just discovered microsoft words word art 
<laughs> so true. So true. But like, yeah, the story is good. Do not get me wrong. It's cheesy as all out in some cases. Um, and then the Shiari Empire shows up. And, of course. Huh? Of course they show up. They show up. The the whole the 90s since you know cent, you know censorship be like oh good thing you know, like Drew said oh good thing this good thing this planet the, the solar system was uninhabited really and then I'm sitting there going it's like I've watched enough Star Trek at this point and Star Trek at least tries to be or at least tries to extrapolate yeah from the science the best science we had and we know of at the time of its production yeah last I checked. A soup, a sun mm-hmm. going supernova by turning into a red giant and then turning into a black hole, which we would have had to have. Yeah, that's going to cause a lot of problems for anybody in that area. Yeah, including including the Shi'ar ship that did not accelerate away yeah. like they should have. Oh, the, the, the funny part was be like, oh. We need to stop and stop this this creature because it's, it's like, going to destroy everything. Well, that like, black that black hole is going to do everything. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, "No, you need to do your job, Captain of your of the Shi'ar ship. You are not Kirk. I'm sorry, Kirk only gets it away because, well, protagonist shielding. Yeah. And for being so. honest, that he 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 has he's a light, little bit more luck. The fact. She are captain that you have been bored for the past five years from the way this was written. And all of a sudden things got interesting. Yeah. Shows you are not, you do not have the luck. You need to leave and go report this to your empress. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does that eventually, but yeah. he should have left right then. There should have been none of this. We need to turn back and be heroes. You don't be a hero. Don't go to town. Tonto. And the fact go that, talk to your empress, and and the fact be like the the dark phoenix comes and just shears off that part of the wing. I'm thinking like this ship is doomed. It's not coming back. But no, they just throw thrusters on. It's just like it's like what? Like you see a ship get nicked in anything else, it goes tumble, 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 boom. <laughs> nope. This is a kids movie. Show. Well, and they and they had a plot reason that they needed to survive so they could go tell the empress yeah. so that it's at the next, it's the next episode. We get the trial of Jean gray right. and not uh, at the end of the season, which yeah. would have made, a I think a little bit more sense. narrative sense, but at the same time, they didn't plan this for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah. So yeah, be like good episode. It's like the, the whole, the whole thing, the like how, how much everybody loves Jean gray and they want her to continue. And it's like in the Phoenix gives them the choice to be like, it'd be like, you have to give a little bit of your life energy, your life spirit or whatever she's the character says. And the spark, the spark has gone out of her. Yeah. The spark she, is gone uh, out the only her. way she can survive. If a spark comes from another. And of course, Are Wolverine and Cyclops both jump and says, we'll do it. We'll do it. The spark does not necessarily have to come from just one person. Oh, of course we'll, We'll we'll join hands and each give a bit of our spark to save our save our friend. Bahudores, Bahudores, welcome Phoenix while we stand. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got the end of of Grinch in that moment. Oh my gosh, that was so good. That was good. 
That was so good. Oh my gosh. But oh my gosh, that was to me, it was funny. It's okay. You can't kill off Gene Gray. So you have to bring it back in this very kumbaya. Oh my gosh, we're we're gonna share some of our life's our life spirit. Our be like, and there again, you said spark. And like, because our, spark our, was the term Phoenix used. That is true. The same and I get I, it. Spark of life, the fire within her. That's how Phoenix would interpret life. Because she's fire incarnate. I agree. The same time, but like, what are these Autobots? <laughs> the spark. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably the only one laughing about that. But same. No, I'm just like, imagining. Oh, it's the all spark. <laughs> I'm just imagining June Gray trying to pass on to Rogue the, the matrix of leadership. <laughs> like, oh, that's oh my gosh. Like, well, 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 Gene, you don't really have to hand me this. All I gotta do is touch you. And I'll just absorb everything. <laughs> Have you met my friend Ms. Marvel? <laughs> AKA Captain Marvel. Oh. No, no Flurgan will save you this time. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying that having seen the trailer for the Marvels, and we get to see a whole herd of Flurgan, Flurgan kittens. I'm like, please say these are Goose's kids. <laughs> That are going to save uh, Kamala Khan. <laughs> but anyways, be like, yeah, this was a good, good episodes, four-parter. And uh, I think the ending was, it was good. It was cheesy, but it was good. It was 90s cheesy. So it was, it was uh, Gouda. Right. Yeah. But anyway yeah that's that's the end of it that's we we've wrapped up the dark phoenix saga we're gonna finish up the rest of it i think in like two episodes i think season three ends after the next two episodes we are at the end of season three next week we have orphans end mm -hmm. and love is vain mm -hmm. and i think there is a interesting little cameo or easter egg in one of these two episodes mm -hmm. I think is where I remember seeing it, but yeah, join us next week for that. Along with despicable me mm. too. And uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, the next movie we're doing after that, I don't know why you put that on the list, but we'll just, get there when we, we get, get there. there. Uh, in the meantime, this has been drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see his photography. His letterboxed page at G. George 759. His Twitter at G. George 759 and Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. 
And remember, that's cell with a single L. not feel right to end an episode of tangled without oh 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 now i got my eyes open and wide my heart burning like fire feels like i'm so alive and i'm never going back whatever i want now i'm gone i don't think that's the actual lyrics from the thing i think this is the whole song and i'm i'm trying to find the whole i can't find the anyway yeah